Did you sign a non-disclosure? No, of course not. So you could put out that content yeah. if you wanted to You know, to there's them. an edited 20-minute video I have of describing my entire account with them, with footage and evidence. Yeah. Because what sucks is you'll fuck the kids and it's not their fault. Oh, of course. Yeah, I would never that's put that out. That's what sucks. I would send it to you privately, you know. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if you could just fuck the parents and not the kids, that'd be... Dude, uh, yeah, exactly. That'd kind of be a public service. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the dad was a monster, man. What's cooking, everybody? If you are on YouTube right now, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button on the video, and as always, if you have a second, would love to see you leave a comment down in the comment section as well. To everyone who has been leaving likes and comments on these videos, thank you. Huge help. Let's keep it rolling. To everyone who is listening on Apple or Spotify right now, Thank you for checking out the show there. Also, really appreciate those five-star reviews. Let's keep those rolling. We're doing great. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit the follow button on either one of those platforms. And I look forward to seeing you guys again for future episodes. Now, I am joined in the bunker today by my friend, Mr. Chris Giuseppini. Chris is a longtime YouTube content expert who's produced and consulted on content for various youtube creators for years and we had a good nice random convo today this one was all over but chris works with my friend johnny drinks who's been on this podcast for number 35 if you haven't seen that channel it's a great one they're doing a phenomenal job john and his dad are the star team there and chris has been working with them i think for about eight nine months now something like that and they've, they've really taken off so was glad to have him in and i hope you guys enjoy it that said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendfire. Let's go. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the nuance? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. You feel me? Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. I'll get these out in a second. What, what's what's going okay. on here, though? What's, what, I brought what something got? for you in celebration for 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, 100,000 subscribers. It's a big deal, right? But oh, thank you. I have a story attached to this. This is uh, sake, which is Japanese uh, liqueur. You might have ever... Have you ever had sake? Sake bombs? It's the same thing, right? I don't know what that is. It, 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 like, if you went to a hibachi restaurant, they spray it in your mouth. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So that's you, what I was thinking of, because I'm seeing these cups, and I'm like, that's not what's happening here. But, yeah. Well, uh, right, right, right. So, um, I'm going to pour... You know what? Maybe you could pour this. Is uh, that a... I'm forgetting now. Is I that a sake bomb, or do they call that something different, and this is the sake bomb? I have no idea. I just know this is sake. Because I've only ever had it where they where you're all sitting around the thing, and they, like, pour it in you from, from the outside. I've yeah. never had it in one of these. Well, you know, this is like... A, this is actually a a, a teacup, um, and when you drink tea, like a really like you know the fancy tea drinkers, they drink it out of this. And what they do is they they pour the tea just like one shot at a time, and it just changes the flavor. Like you, it grows more and more intense as the tea steeps longer and longer. And that's kind of also like a Japanese way. But I got this for like an equivalent for a, a shot glass or this sake. I'm gonna pour. <laughs> I'm gonna pour this. So not tea. Not today. Not tea. Next time. I'll, I'll come with an entire tea set. I forget what this tastes like. You know, when you try it, this is what it tastes like. I'm, I'm going to tell you before. All right? It's like if white wine was a liqueur. That's how it tastes to me. 
It's just I, like I'm doing it all over again. It's cheers to 100,000. Hey, cheers. Thanks, brother. So there's a story attached to this. That's great. It tastes really good. You like it? Yes. All right. Well, you can have some more. Um, I'll fill this it's up, also, too. It's also 15% uh, percent alcohol, so it's pretty... I was going to say, it can't yeah. be that heavy. It's I, not, was, it's not. I was kind of expecting you to say it was going to be like 22 okay. or something, like a little bit of a wild card, like a Mad Dog 2020 or something number, but still, that's 15 is not bad. So I wanted to bring this to not just celebrate um, 100,000 subscribers for you, congratulations, but also just talk about a story. Um, there was a time I went to Japan for five days in 2017. I was directing a commercial, um, and... My business partner, the the director of that, com- well, the the producer of that commercial, brought me to like a hole in the wall Japanese restaurant. It was off of a mm. main road, so so Tokyo is the largest city in the world in terms of land size. Oh, you were in Tokyo, Tokyo, yeah. How sick is Tokyo? Really sick, um, dude. And we could get into that. Like, all right, tell your yeah, story. Yeah, and yeah we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, that, please. Uh, I got I got a <laughs> cultural difference is crazy. Like, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So. He brings me to this hole-in-the-wall restaurant. <laughs> Was that too much? No, it just went down really nice. Cool. He brings me to this hole-in-the-wall restaurant that is um, off the beaten path. It's not even marked. There's no sign. It's just like it, it feels like you're entering somebody's house, right? It's like off. It's in an alleyway, essentially. And we go in, and inside is like a sushi bar. You know, have you ever sat at like a sushi bar? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this one wasn't a U; it was an L shaped. And on one side there was like three or four chairs, and the other side there was four or five chairs. And so in total, it was it was small. I would slightly bigger than this room that we're in. It was very small. So really tight. Yeah. Yeah, really tight. Eight seats in the entire restaurant. We sit down, and you can't find this place on Google Maps. It doesn't exist. You can't look it up. You, only if you know about this place, you know about this place. And I don't know how he knew about this place. Those so places are the best. Uh, It's crazy. And the guy who owns it is a master sushi chef, like literally world-class, one of the best in the world. And he comes out, and he th- this restaurant's open for two hours a night, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and... All he does is serve the eight people that are there. We were two people, and I think there were like three others. Let's call it five people in the entire room. Um, the three others were unrelated to our party. Thank you. The scotch. Doers. I'm gonna try Doers this. Doers scotch in a whiskey, baby. Go really ahead. cool. Okay, so we're watching this master now. Now, literally, he is world class. What he's the type of dude he wakes up at three o'clock in the morning to go to the to fishing pier at four o'clock, pick out his day's catch, spends the rest of the day preparing this fish for the two hour performance. I call it literally a performance that he oh, does yeah. for us at yeah. night. Um, so we're sitting there watching him arrange each piece of sushi, sashimi, um, which is sushi without the rice and sushi rolls. Mm. Um, we ate crazy exotic fish i eat things that aren't even legal to eat here like puffer fish which if it's cut wrong it could kill you like really yeah isn't that crazy because because if it's cut wrong they could cut the poison incorrectly like from the puff the puffer fish and it could bleed into the meat and do they serve it as like one of the open fish head type things where it's like the full um, fish no it, it, comes, it, it looks meat? like flounder you, you know like in a sense it's like it's like white meat kind of like flounder like so how do you know they cut it right i don't i just trust that he's a master yeah would I do it again? I don't know, but... Better man than me. <laughs> I, I see. 
So we're watching this guy operate for two hours. It's a performance. And one by one, he is giving us like our pieces of sushi and we're eating. And then by the end, we're full, which is amazing. And it was a really intimate, amazing experience. Um, this guy could literally open up in the heart of Tokyo, like a five-star restaurant, something immaculate, like a pop-in sushi place. But instead, he's sitting here in front of us, not even a full crowd. There's, let's say, eight seats. There's five of us there in the mm. entire restaurant carefully honing in on his craft giving us the custom attention now i don't know how much the meal costs i I imagine a fortune but but it um it was really special and eye-opening to me because now i actually want to put a pin in that now i want to talk about something else okay we're going to come back to it okay um i'm very intrigued yeah no this is is gonna all wrap together you got me on the hook in our world today, like I listen to your podcast, I listen to the guests that you come, the, the, I read the comments and I see all, the, all that stuff. There's a lot of confusion in the world that we have today. You know, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of opportunity for existential dread for us kids in our 20s, growing up in a world that's changing, evolving. We don't feel like we're in control and we don't know what to do with ourselves. And it's, it's really scary. And I call it a sense of existential dread. Um, mm. It's really, you know... Um, the way I describe it is, dude, you feel helpless. Like, how can we make the world a better place? You know, all these influencers, like, everyone's trying to give their voice. And, like, how can we save the planet? This, these people don't agree. Dude, it's, it's chaos in the mind, okay? Um, and it's causing a mental health epidemic, which is really sure. concerning. But, you know. It's a part of it, for sure. The thing I want to lay down in the foundation to, to the audience, to you, to everyone is no one, no one person, you can't change the world, but you can change the world for one person. Mm. And that's what the sushi chef was doing for us, where he could have just been doing crazy stuff, but he focused really on his craft to do what he was doing in front of an audience of only five, not an Instagram account, not a TikTok page. Yeah. Five people intimately over the course of two hours when he could have been doing anything else with his talents in the world. And I want to put the world at peace and just say, hey, tend to the part of the garden in which you can reach and the world will be okay. Influence one person. Make one person's day better and you will feel more fulfilled because you felt like you will feel like you changed the world because you know you changed the world for that one person. That's that's a beautiful way to start it off, man. I first of all, and I think I speak for pretty much anyone listening to this. I I agree wholeheartedly with the sentiment there. You know, we do get caught up in this world, and guess what? It's a part of business too. Like if you're a content creator, which you and I will talk about that, but we're both in that business in, in different aspects. But like, it's a part of this world where you have to build an audience, build a community, and all this stuff, and it's numbers, 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 and they're. They're important for certain things like that for sure, but you can easily get lost in just tracking how you get the most attention and assuming that that actually constitutes influence. Big quotes there, right? Like the term influencer when it was created was not meant to be what it became or how we came to view it. It was actually supposed to mean that someone who has a level of expertise or reason or logic behind situation or expertise X, whatever it is, 
they then can speak to that and other people want to quote unquote follow them and get value from that and see them as a leader in that way. And we incentivized the way to get attention as the most shock and the most, I, I would say probably a lack of care in the value of what people are getting. And look, there's di there's different levels to it. There's all different types of content if we, if we want to focus on that one silo of it. But people the, the overall point is people can get so confused as to what what are real people versus what are just goals they have to to pack their own bags. And to me, when I hear stories like that in the year 2022 and you said that was in 2017 when you were there, mm -hmm. so somewhat recently still and there's there are people out there and there's a lot of them who love their craft in that way and maybe they don't make nearly as much money as they could but they make plenty they provide for their family and they're fucking happy which i guess you don't know but i would assume it seemed like this guy was pretty fucking happy doing mm -hmm. what he was doing when i hear stuff like that it gives me a lot of hope that there there are a lot of people out there who want to think that way at least even if there aren't a lot doing it you know, there's fewer doing it. There, there are a lot of people who still want to use whatever their gift is to impact others. Dude, I, I feel you because like at the time it was a cool experience, right? It, oh, I had a fancy sushi at, at a Tokyo Japanese restaurant with a master person crafting, right? It was amazing at the time, but until years later, dude, for me, it only clicks years later when I'm an adult I'm thinking about it and you can tell how, how much it actually impacted me in retrospect for me to bring it up as the first thing we talk about on yeah. this public platform. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And yeah, what you say, yeah, people are chasing influence, but when is enough enough? Mm. And and that's something that I really learned because I used to, you know, I, dude, that Gary V wave of 2016, 2017, that was me, man. And I lost all of my, all all of my friends because I was a crazy, ambitious, hungry person. And, and I don't, I don't regret that. Like, because I, I don't know, it, I had to get it out of my system and I, I, I was able to do a lot of great work that hunger and all that stuff got me to Tokyo to work in the first place. You know, like I did a lot, sure. I've lived a lot of amazing lives doing it, but now at 25, it's amazing for me to experience like, wow, I've learned, I've seen I've seen people constantly chase for more, thinking that it would make them happy, and it doesn't. Mm. I'm going to ask you this question. So how different do you feel at 100,000 subscribers than you do at 15,000? You know, if you looked at yourself, you know, the future you, wow, 100,000 subscribers, I bet you, you'd be like, man, that's kind of making it. But do you feel any different? You feel a little do you, validation. Do you want the marketing answer or the honest answer? Oh, that, I mean, both, but honest. Yeah, why not? I don't really give marketing answers, so okay. it's going to have to be honest, no matter what. I, <laughs> I, I don't – and I, I don't want to like – I don't want to undercut myself or anything or not recognize how cool that is and everything, especially like people who reach out and, and people who have been longtime fans of this show, believed in it day one, and people have come on board and are getting here early and, and seeing what it's about. It's, it, it is a humbling, humbling thing, and it's it's amazing. But – no, I, I don't feel any different mm -hmm. because uh, it's just interesting you started the show with that story and then with the theme you put with it because it can work a couple different ways for good and bad, right? And I feel like 
I can be a little bit of a hypocrite with what I said in response to that right now by saying that I look at the numbers that happen here as the the lifeblood and the result. You have to do these numbers on a page to monetize yourself and like be able to let this thing breathe and, and survive. But I also I don't you're separated from it. You know, even when people reach out to you, think about that. They're not reaching out to you like you're on a stage and there's 10,000 people in the crowd and somebody's raising their hand. It's not like that. It's someone in their house or in their car, on their phone, on their computer, whatever it is, and they, they take the time to message you or comment on a post and go back and forth with you in, in negative or positive ways, whatever it is. They're taking the time to at least like get at it with you. They're doing that alone. It's one it's one on one in their mind. You know, so in a lot of ways, I see all the one on one contact, but when I see like a number like, oh, you have a hundred thousand subscribers, it's just numbers on a page to me. I don't really I don't think of it that way. I, I and I'm a little bit weird. Let me ask you that. Okay. Um when okay, I'm sure you get that at this point dozens of times a day where you get like a really personal comment, right? Sure. Right. Now, how does that make you feel? When I get a very personal one? It doesn't have to be. It could just be like, I enjoyed this video. But like someone took the time out to type something out. Oh, it's out, amazing. Right? It's, it, yeah, that never gets old. Like when, mm -hmm. when people write that, I'm almost like, I can't even believe you took the time to do mm -hmm. that. Thank you. And like, that, that means significantly more because it's a human engaging rather than a, the numbers and the analytics, right? Yes. Because now I'm in on that one. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm on that one-on-one -on -one with them now. Mm -hmm. They're not comment number... 200 or whatever it is it's no i'm i'm talking with this person and Let's that's really and special forth. to them because they look up to you right but there's something fascinating that happens and i've worked with many many influencers that do not recognize how special that is or they you know i guess you're newer to the numbers but maybe it gets old for a lot of them in in the sense that they're having this interaction 10 to 100 to 1,000 times a day where they're responding. And I'm not talking about John or anyone that I'm working with right now. I've, I've experienced this in the past where um, – and, and a lot of people are very open about this where, okay, they're um, – people are pouring out their hearts to them. But um, yeah. they can only handle so much because they're human, right? Now, over the course of years, months, whatever, however long the follower has been following the influencer, the content creator, they've developed a one-sided relationship where they know the person. And now um, the content creator, it's kind of, it becomes, it, it, the reason they, it gets old for them isn't because they're an asshole or ungrateful. It's because life gets really heavy when you have to do, when you have to be somebody's savior over and over again. If that makes mm. sense, you know, yeah. so there's a term for this thing and it developed in the 20th century, but it's guys, I've been sleeping on my eight sleep pod pro cover for the last almost a year at this point. And I got to tell you, I can't imagine life without it. Eight sleeps proprietary app goes right into my cover. It's connected electronically, technologically, whatever you want to say. And it measures my sleep stages 
throughout the night to make sure that I wake up after an optimized sleep and therefore am very energized. So as I like to put it, you'll wake up in the morning after sleeping six hours and feel like you slept eight. So if you use the link in my description, along with the code TRENDFIRE at checkout, that's T-R-E-N-D-I-F-I-E-R, you can get $100 off your own 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover today and welcome yourself to the rest of your life of beautiful sleep ever so true now and that's called a parasocial relationship it's a one-way street relationship that you have with anyone that you have there on your on your wall it's like okay i follow kylie jenner i follow her life i've watched all 15 seasons of her tv show i've followed her since she was 15 years old i feel like i know her really well mm. when you have the if you ever meet kylie jenner you know everything about her she knows nothing about you she never knew you existed it's a very strange dynamic for and uncomfortable almost when they they're like okay what do you, you know so much about me like i don't know any you're a stranger yeah. to me if does that make sense and that term yeah. there's a vocab word and it's called a parasocial relationship and it's a big problem in our world today where everyone's uh you know trying to be famous and everyone's always well connected but oh you responded to my tweet 15 times but like you're still a stranger so yeah i don't really it's it, it's hard for me to concept it because first of all I'm I'm a little dude on the internet right now let's get that straight so I don't, I don't have these problems like you know some of the real people on the internet do but you know one day you grow big enough and you're facing that all the time that's that's a heavy thought for me because I do take it I, I take people's personal stories personally mm-hmm Right, I I don't take comments personally at all. When people give me a compliment, I'm very grateful for it, and like that that has a personal nature to it. But that's like a one dimensional thing, right? When someone takes the time to like basically gas you up, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's simple. You know exactly where that part of your brain is. Like, wow, this person took the time. Let me talk with them. Cool. You know, when you're doing thousands of them, even it it doesn't really get old because you're like, wow, that's like I can't even believe these people are doing this. When you are answering informational comments, that gets bland. You know, you're answering. What do you do for a job? You know, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not even that. Not even that. That can get. That can be a little personal. I'm saying, like, when they're talking about the video or things going on. Yeah. You know, people are gonna have the same types of comments and stuff, and you're going back and forth, and you want to make sure someone raises a good point that it's seen. But that's more like work. And then the negative comments are fun. I, I have a lot of fun with those. I, Dude, I, do you ever go into like um there's the there's a section of YouTube comments that they they spam filter it. I forget what it's called, but like the ones that didn't go through that you have to like filter spam or not. No, I allow Dude. all comments. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Good for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm very I hear people complain about like negative comments all the time. And I Those are the most fun. They're fun. Yeah, I was gonna say, like you know, once in a while, I'll go back and forth if someone is making an argument about the subject matter and mm-hmm. they just resort to name calling. I'll go shot for shot with them and have a little <laughs> bit of fun, right? Okay. And it's very – it's not like, fuck you, bro. Like there's none of that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't do that. The one place where I've ever gone in and made sure I'm firm, like I lay down the law – it, and this hasn't happened in like six, seven months. But whenever someone on TikTok would try to comment that it was a scripted podcast, I would let because that's a for pub- three and a half hours. Yeah, that's a public. That's a public that's comment so funny. about the about the literal quality of the product. Yeah. I would lay down the law, and I actually converted a few fans from that. Where they DM me and they're like, "Hey, you know what? 
my bad. I, I left that comment quickly. You're right. I went and checked it out. I said, no problem, man. I hope you don't mind me. I, I got to defend that, right? When someone comes in and puts that and it's towards the top and it gets a lot of likes or something, I got to make sure like people know that's not what this is. Here's where you go check it out. I want to be transparent. But that's so rare, right? The negative ones I'm dealing with, I have fun with them. I mean, I think it's great. Like they're taking time out of their day to say, fuck you, die. And I'm like, all right, cool, bet. Let's go. You Wait, know? who's ever said that? I, I don't okay. like, like that's not a real that's okay, not okay, a real okay. comment i think i would assume that that might automatically get banned if someone says go uh, die. maybe maybe, maybe. Yeah. i don't know but i'm saying like people be like you're the like literally you're the worst creator ever your videos mm-hmm. are the worst things i've ever seen like what this kind of stuff oh, I'll, my favorite ones I'll just that say i see thank on, you like what's great the ones i see that are my favorite on the youtube channel is um this is always recommended to me and I see you on the shorts page, but I, I don't know why the YouTube's recommending me. Like, come on, you can't, yeah. you can't even make a cocktail yeah. good. You know, like, like that's pretty funny. Yeah. When, when I see those ones, I don't think like they're so bland. I don't know that I've responded to those ones. Like it's gotta be worth it. It's gotta be fun. Like they really got to rip you. I love when they do like all kinds of emojis, like a lot of clown emojis and stuff. I'll give them hearts and say, thank you. Do you, you get know, like celebrity comparisons at all? celebrity comparisons yeah like oh, oh you look like this person you know like. um shit yes there's but i don't know who you don't know are. the names okay. no like i literally i had to google who the people were <laughs> they're like you look like this youtuber or whatever and then i googled it there were like two two or three over over the years or over the last year that i was like maybe all right yeah all right cool like i'll take it like i don't cool well you know, like i mean I, whatever people see it's their right to see it. So when you respond to those comments, what when you respond to positive comments and and to go back to like the one on one relationship stuff, it, that's you changing the world for one person because they just sat there and potentially listened to you talk for three hours straight about something and they took to the keyboard yeah. and wrote some sort of thoughtful response, whether complimenting the production or engaging in the conversation. And for you to rebuttal on their opinion, man, that's special. That's really cool for them because they. They gave you three hours and you gave them 45 seconds, but you you let them in literally into the podcast. You let them into the world of the conversation. I want them to be. You know, yeah. isn't that cool? It's so cool. I, I, I want people to feel like they're a part of it. What I never want to do, and here's where, where the line is that I, I think everyone should want for this, but I can't speak for people. It's like I'm never going to just appeal to the crowd to do whatever people want because two people said it or 200 people said it. And then, you know, like you are never going to see me send out a tweet saying I'm talking to so-and-so today. Any questions you want me to ask them? Fuck that. That's not what we do here. There's no, there's no script sitting here. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no plan. We sit down, we took a sake, whatever the fuck to start this thing. And Mm -hmm. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I, I can imagine there's a couple things based on your career, but you know, who knows where you're taking it. You've already taken it to places I did not expect (laughs) this to go, right? I love it. That's how every fucking person that comes in here goes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, so-and-so was wondering this. If there's a huge, hanging, engaging thing that I was interested in, Mm -hmm. I'll give you this was the only time this ever happened. Like with Jim DiOrio, he was in here for number 48, and there was an event he talked about on September 15th, 2001, that he did not he didn't he divulged what it was and then he cut it off at a spot and i was getting the signal from him in here based on me knowing him that mm-hmm. like let's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. go past that because he had to make sure like he already shares so fucking mm-hmm. much on here he wanted to make sure like is that something i should say out loud and so there were people who were asking in droves because the clips ended up going viral mm-hmm. like hey 
when you get him back in, can you ask him about that? And there was one other thing in there, like a plane crash too. So when he came in, what ended up being six and a half hours, two episodes in, wow, I guess like November. Yeah. At the very end. That full episode, that was the like 9-11 stuff. Well, or the we FBI went to it again. Yeah, he came in again, so yeah. he had two. But like at the end of the six hours, the last fifteen minutes, yeah, I hit those two things. Because guess what? I was also interested too, because the plane thing we had accidentally gotten off, like to another subject without realizing it, because we were just talking, and so we never came back. And I wanted to come back to it, and fans happen to want to come back to it too. And then with the with the September fifteenth thing. Everyone wanted people coming back to that. Mm. And I'm like, I had talked to him and he's like, yeah, I'll, I, I, can, I can say what it was. I'd, I'd asked him ahead. So I'm like, all right, if I remember to do it, and I'm sure I will, I'll bring it up at some point. And I almost forgot. Like it was at the end of six hours. I was like, oh shit, let me ask about this. So like, I'll do stuff like that. But in order, like the reason that I feel like people adopted this and like now they're adopting on YouTube, which is really cool. But for a long time, you know, we were, just on Apple and Spotify, basically. That's where yeah. the even when I was charting in the top thirty on Apple Podcasts, we had fucking ten people watching on YouTube. It was kind of funny. Is but, there any like have you noticed crossover from the YouTube audience to the Apple and Spotify stuff, or you know? Sure, sure. Now it's lesser since I started ripping on YouTube because a lot of the people who are finding me on YouTube consume their podcasts on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted when I was on TikTok. A lot of the people finding me on TikTok. I would send them to my YouTube page. I didn't put my Apple and Spotify links on there on purpose. Mm -hmm. I put YouTube because I wanted them to see, even if it didn't have numbers, I wanted them to see like, okay, this is legit. Like there's there's a production here. Like, okay, wow. All right, let me check this out. I see. And 99.9% .9 of those people went to Apple and Spotify when they would check out YouTube. They would hit the subscribe button early on on YouTube and they'd never come back because they consume podcasts on Apple and Spotify. Interesting. Now we're actually getting people who consume are a part of that 30 to 40% of people who consume their podcasts on YouTube, mm -hmm. which is very cool. Almost every podcast I listen to, I consume on Apple Podcasts. There's one podcast, which is the first podcast I ever started listening to back in 2011, 2012. been listening ever since and... I'm, what podcast? It's called Painkiller Already. It started as like a gaming podcast, but now it's uh, it's literally a corner of the internet that's crazy. Uh, it's just three. Um, ever see FPS Russia? FPS? I don't think really. So. Oh, okay. He he was he a guy in southern Georgia that did um gun videos um with a Russian accent. Hello, okay. my friends. It is FPS Russia today. Maybe I did see that. <laughs> and but today we're going to shoot. A hundred, yeah. So anyway, he's one of the hosts. Woody's gamer tag. Um, Wait, on is he the guy on TikTok? It's like I in, doubt it. Like in the uh, sitting. No, that's a real guy from Russia who's sitting in the ice. He goes in Mother Russia. We no, sit no, in no. the this, ice and we the, we wash our ice with the bulls. Or this whatever. guy's a professional Russian. and He plays a character. Got it. Okay. Um, what was the What was the podcast called? Uh, Painkiller already. Now, dude, this is a crazy part of the internet where like I've been following these guys for years. They they used to be big in the call of duty commentary community but now it's not a gaming podcast anymore they're all thrown out of the video game world and they just have their own podcast and it's consistent dude it's it's incredible because they have a consistent two hundred thousand viewers and all they do is just bullshit for four hours a week they have reoccurring guests the subreddit is extremely dedicated and popular and, and all that stuff but love that but yeah it's it might be like what you evolve into where like you just have your hardcore fans that are just really into your universe now it's hilarious because their fans hate the show they 
hate it and they're trying to cancel them right now it's it's crazy Their fans are trying to cancel yeah dude them. it sucks it sucks because i I'm, I'm a big fan of the show i'm just a quiet listener you know why do the fans hate it um like unfulfilled patreon orders and like discord drama and like mm. you know just bullshit just small bullshit not like it's just things like guys like it's you know it just it's whatever but um yeah anyway i forget why i brought that up i brought it up for a reason okay so that's it's a podcast that I listen to, I would say 40% on YouTube, 60% on Apple Podcasts. I honestly, I probably listen to every episode. I, I, there's been years where I, maybe a year or two that I've missed many of them, but in my, as my life has evolved. But um, every other podcast, I listen strictly just for audio, unless it's clips or the Pat McAfee show, which is... Yeah, he live streams that on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have that on the background, so... Yeah, and, and there's... Different strokes, different folks with this kind of thing. So, like, it was great when I was just building on Apple and Spotify for a long time. I felt like if I could get an audience on YouTube, you know, that would also help with discoverability. Because the yep. thing about Apple and Spotify is there's really borderline zero discoverability on there because it's not visual, right? Like, people don't go on there looking for stuff that much. There are some people who do. Most people don't. They get their podcast from where they see it in their feeds and stuff or where they hear about it. And so when you can put the full fucking product on YouTube, it was like, all right, I got to figure out how to get this to people. And I posted, I mean, you and I have talked about this a bunch. So also for people listening, want to understand a little bit, we're going to get into obviously everything you do and whatever, but you've been nice enough basically out of <laughs> as a charity case on on the side consulting with me a little bit since august since we got connected and that's because you know everything about youtube and i remember the first time we talked i was like you know i posted the first five months of 2021 mm -hmm. every single day i posted a video and i posted a lot of it was mostly on, these on youtube remember it was like the I, short form I, clips six yes, minutes yes yeah. exactly yeah so i would post those things like three to 11 minutes i would test out all different times and if I got 75 subscribers from all those videos, that's a lot. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. I got that. The wow. discoverability was borderline zero for yeah. the for the time versus what you got. So once I started clicking on TikTok a little bit in April, I April and May is where I started to realize I need to be spending more of my time on this because that's getting me way higher return for my time versus these fucking clips on YouTube. And so... I had always looked at it like, all right, well, if I can grow a base on YouTube itself, maybe that changes. And I haven't gone back to those mid-form clips yet because it's still not quite worth my time versus making shorts on YouTube, for example. That's where I'm at. But like, I'm going to start working that in at some point. And that way, you know, I feel like you can give people a little, little pieces of the show here and there, which, which is helpful. But, you know, it, it's not like it, – none of this was like planned. This way, you know what I mean? Like, you just have to go with what's working and figure out everything that you're doing and what's working that's wrong to make it a little better every day. Mm -hmm. And you never figure it out, but you get a little better. And then eventually, like, you get some results from Dude, it. Dude, I. So many people, when they're chasing a goal and it's not clicking, when it's not being accomplished or they're not making strides to it, they go ahead and they change the goal. But instead, what you should be doing is changing the plan. 
Just mm. change the plan. The goal is what you want. The goal is what keeps you up at night and c- getting up early in the morning. Just change the plan. So you change the plan from the the short form three to eleven minutes to sixty seconds. You just transferred over or thirty, and you, really, and 30. that didn't even yeah. work at first. I remember when you called me, and you know later on, you're like, "This isn't working. It's kind of hopeless. What should I do?" It wasn't working on YouTube. It wasn't working on YouTube. Right. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I didn't get because right. I'm like, "It's working on TikTok." And I said, "Dude, it's going to take time. It's yeah. like just stay consistent. It just take like I don't know what to tell you." And like really, the only variable to success in your case because you put in the work is time. Right. Like, I mean, it's just at this point, it's just you have to wait your turn and eventually you'll be chosen when you have something that needs to be seen. Um, And and dude, I guess for you, that that second one, you had one takeoff, but it kind of became irrelevant towards it the second toss away yeah, yeah. this the second one that took off was a conspiracy theory one one right it was it was the first one that blew up two months ago a month ago right that's kicked yeah, well there were a this. few yeah i know what you're i know exactly what you're talking and, about there were a mm-hmm. few that clicked at once you were saying the one back in the end of august when you and i were talking yeah. that happened to go and then i'm like well why oh, aren't the others going dude and no like, when you do no, it eventually when, when no for you you called me upset because you're like i i wish this didn't go viral because it tanked all my other views and and I'll, do you remember that dude no oh come on of course i, I remember <laughs> the con- i think what i was saying though because we talked, to, that was a four-hour conversation yeah. when you and I talked. So there was a lot of information coming yeah. in there for the first time. Dude, you called me, you texted me, and then I just called you because you were you were panicked because one blew up and congratulate. Okay, so we this was the second time we ever spoke. Yes, now I remember. The Go second ahead. time yeah. we ever spoke. The yeah. first time you're like, okay, uh, should I do short form stuff? Yeah, dude, like you got to do the 60 second, 30 second um, in YouTube shorts. That's what worked for me. Um, now, now you did it. And you you got your big break. You got your two million views on one video, and you call me up complaining <laughs> because you're like, "Dude, this broke my YouTube channel." My no, butt. no, no, no. I I was um, I was. You called me at like my lowest moment. Even I have low moments once in a while. I was that was a perfect storm where TikTok. I got in trouble with TikTok, and yes. I've never done anything to. Yeah, I've never posted a video that's even close to the line. Right. And I posted a video that said the word Nazi because I don't know. I was talking about fucking World War Two mm-hmm. and it had clips of World War Two in there mm-hmm. and it got a hate speech ban. And so my entire TikTok was my entire lifeblood to drive people to Spotify, Apple and anything I got on YouTube. Right. And so that all came out from under me in a second. Mm-hmm. They basically put me in jail for what ended up being about two months, which killed me. And so at the bottom of that, I was so upset because I couldn't drive any traffic yeah. to YouTube. And so not that I never had numbers, but like the numbers looked worse and it was annoying to take a step back when you know it was nothing out of my own cause. And it was a very – it was scary because at the, you got to remember at the time – no TikTok, no mm-hmm. podcast. Period. I know, I know, right? I, know. I don't have that problem now. Now you have leverage. Now you have yeah. opportunity. And dude, like, like what I said to you before, before we started rolling. I mean, now you have confidence, and what confidence comes from is when you divide opportunity by your capacity. When you have more opportunity in front of you, then you have capacity to fill all that opportunity. That's when you become more confident. It's true in dating. It's true in business. It's true in restaurants. If you're in Miami, you know you're going to find good food somewhere because there's an abundance of good food. How does that equation go? Opportunity over... Okay, okay. Opportunity divided by um, capacity. Your capacity, meaning how, how much 
room you ba- mental bandwidth um that's good mm-hmm, equals confidence all right continue yeah no, that's great i okay. love that <laughs> so you're at a point right now where when johnny drinks guys found me they were dude they were like hot on tiktok but dude if tiktok went away fuck they're done yeah. you were done yeah. everyone was done my job my motivation for to help you is like yo dude let's diversify our assets here and let's get you off of the reliance of another foreign agency another government and <laughs> and and into american soil <laughs> no i can tell you've been spending time with mr rondy i love it, I no, love it. you no. said that perfectly well done uh, we were talking so, about tiktok not youtube people. um so uh yeah no that was that was like my goal is like dude because like if you can Look, if you could just branch out, I don't care if it was Instagram, if it's YouTube or freaking Tumblr. Instagram's like, a disgrace of a platform. Mm, yeah, guys, um, yeah. I don't I know why I'm taking this honestly. But uh, you know, I I I wasn't going anywhere where more relevant than what what we just said. But but yeah, so so now you have confidence because if okay, if TikTok died, you would feel it. But the game's not over anymore because you have yes. steamrolling on another platform. And that diversification is uh, is pretty awesome. And that's overall what I'm saying is the NFT market should learn no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to diversify your assets into, uh, into soil, into stacks, into – no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't that's care. A I don't whole, care. I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 just, I'm just making jokes hours. here. Holy um, shit. I don't even know how to think about diversifying over there. That's scary. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, but you're diversifying yeah, you're your right. attention right now, which is important. You're right. It's it's a, it's it's something you have to constantly be looking to do as well. Like where you can't be, you can't rest on your laurels with it. And I'm not on mine. I can control what I can control right now on a daily basis. I'm building to a point where I can invest in this. Right. I as I invest in this now, I'm investing all in me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you basically help me out as a consultant on the mm-hmm. side. That's what I got. And eventually I'm going to have a producer in here. I already mm-hmm. know the guy who will do it. But like I I got to pay him. I got to pay him well. I want to I want to pay him really I have a question. What did, well. what did what did I do for you? Like if you had to summarize what did like what did I do? A few different things. Okay. Number 1, completely reset my strategy on YouTube. Number 2, pointed me in the directions of all the things to actually listen to to learn YouTube because I still know nothing about YouTube, but I really knew nothing about YouTube. Number 3, you made me think about every single step to every single video that I put out as far as what makes people click and not my favorite thing was pointing out the idea of legit bait. And so for people that haven't heard this, what's the guy's name again? The Veradium, Verasium, huge channel. The YouTube channel that talks about, yeah. oh, Veranium sounds right. But I, I, it's, I've never said it out loud, so I wouldn't know. We're going to have to find that. I want to give Did that I guy that credit. Did I send that video? Yes. Okay. And, but then I, I watched the video, but yeah. like I'd already heard all of it because yeah, yeah. you explained it and then yeah. walked it through in the examples of the channels you've That's worked relevant. with and everything. Dude, you know what I do for That's you? That's huge. You asked me what I do for a living and before. Can you, by the way, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get off this, though. Just so people know, so they follow what I just said. Legit bait and clickbait are exactly what it sounds like. Clickbait is when someone just puts out shit that doesn't really have content in it. They just do shock and, and all for nothing and it leaves okay. people with nothing. Legit bait is when you put out stuff that actually has quality behind it, gives people some form of value, may entice them to have to do more after it, especially with short form content. Maybe you leave them a cliffhanger that they have to go actually check out the content to do it, but you have it there. It's no bullshit. And so what you explain to me is you're like, well, you don't have that problem. You have a fucking podcast. This isn't like a clickbait YouTube channel or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So 
leverage that you just because you have that doesn't mean people know it you have to give people an incentive to want to get there so when you work you talked about titles you talked about thumbnails the way to do it where it's like all right you know you're straddling the line a little bit you got to make it clickable so some people will say like clickbait no matter what but how do you do it to where most people are like god damn i got exactly what i just clicked here for or i got most of it that's amazing. Yeah. I'm I sorry. Love that. Go, go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off. I just um, want to make sure people knew what I've, that was. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say, but I don't remember how we got there, and that connection is important. Um, I think in very subtlety. So, like, in order for something to click, I need a good transition, right? So, I'm not like what I'm about to say is talk about like when you ask me what do I do for a living, but like, I, in order for it to resonate, you need a connector. And if you're looking for a connector between what you knew and what you know you have to do but don't like don't find the motivation or or don't there's something missing i'm the thing that connects connects the that you know you know you have to lose weight oh i see what you're saying yeah all right let me walk this back for people you're saying like within the within the content category for example which Mm -hmm. which is one of the verticals that you work in you're kind of you're kind of like the consigliere that's what you are I'm, I'm going to put a word to it. <laughs> okay. You're the All guy right. that, that people go to where they kind of know that there's like three or four potential answers out there yeah. or m- m- maybe 10, but only three or four are right and they can't figure out which three or four. And then within those three or four, they can't figure out which one to really focus on. And you're the guy that asks all the questions, uses examples, helps guide them in a certain direction to come to a very comfortable conclusion where they go, that one, that's the one we're doing. I'm going to clip that one and all I'm right. going to use it on my website. No, right, good. Uh, <laughs> um, no exactly. Uh, like I, I like being like the cobwebs that filter out a bunch of the bullshit. Yes. The, dude, because you as an entrepreneur, other entrepreneurs, like, dude, there's so many opportunities, different things. Sure. And, like, and, and I'm like, okay, what does he really want? And then I just ask a bunch of questions. I sit there calmly. I let you vent. And when you feel heard, and I listen, like, this is a skill. Not a lot of people have this, and I'm, uh, I'm not good at a lot of things. But one thing I am good at is, is listening to make people feel heard and not just bullshit, right? Now, how do you do that? Do you have a strategy or do you, is it pretty natural? Um, the name of my company is called Sonder Media. It's spelled S-O-N-D-O-R. But the root word that it's from is Sonder, which is S-O-N-D-E-R. And that has a very amazing definition because it's my favorite word to ever exist. What it means is the, um, I'm, I'm going to mess this up a little bit, but it's the awareness that every stranger, every passerby that you meet lives an equally complex life to your own. And that recognition my favorite word, Sonder, that's what it means, is what allows me to be a good listener. Because, dude, I'm a very complicated person. There's things that I do horribly wrong. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of things right. I've done a lot of things right that have been seen as wrong and all, all the above. And I'm as complex as you and every stranger on the bus, on the train, mm-hmm. at the grocery store. So it's very easy for us to judge some, somebody off of a tweet. Like 10 years ago when somebody tweeted on the f- on the phone, haha, going to Africa, hope I don't catch AIDS. Do you remember right. this story? Yeah. Um, and and they, they turn their phone off, they land, she's already lost her job, the news is there landing to greet her at the entrance, and she's canceled. The mob, the angry mob, forgets about her, and she, her, now she has to live life as a kid, like in the, with the PTSD of being canceled and all that stuff, and... and I make people feel heard just by the awareness that, dude, you're not judged by a single moment. 
um, by a single flaw and that everyone's capable of doing great things, poor things, mediocreism, all that stuff. And I'm just able to, to with that recognition, recognition, help people filter out what they got going on in their life and find what their true purpose is. It's a great answer. And it's, it's, it's heavy, but it, it's also like, it, it's not, it, it's very, it's very to the point and it's, it's a creative way of describing how I looked at it. You know, if we started with like the, I think you said the cobwebs thing, that was pretty good. Right. Like, but that's the, that's the deeper, denser, fuller way of saying it. But it's look, I take it for granted a little bit because it's like a part of my job. I got to sit here and understand people, right? If I can't do that, we got a big problem. And mm -hmm. sometimes like even when I'm I'm intensely focused when we're in here, but someone may say some stuff and I got to be like, "Wait, what? what? Say that again?" And I'm you know? I'm good at picking up those things. So like when I when I'm working with someone, I know when they're listening, when they're not, and I'm like, "Okay, this isn't relevant to you to hear right now. I'm going to store that and bring it up 4 months later." Dude, that happens to me every day like you bringing it up yeah yeah so I'll, I'll bring up a good idea and they'll be like oh yeah yeah yeah. oh and gotcha. i'm like oh you're not ready to hear this yet four months later they're like man i have this problem and i'm like i'm here for you i got i got this all figured out now you know because it, because it was four months ago and dude and and that's that's part of the thing it's like you know how to adjust um, well, yes, adjusting, yes. But here's the thing. The, the secret to being that connector that we talked about earlier is like, dude, you can't connect something when they're not ready to be connected to it, the thing. When you're not ready to lose the weight, when you're not ready to lose the weight, you're not going to lose the weight. You have to be absolutely ready. When I first walked in here and we talked about somebody that I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't chase people. I, I can't chase a client, a potential lead or something like that because I'm not wired like that. It's not because I'm a lazy piece of shit or, or like think I'm entitled or something like that. It's that I, dude, to work with me and for me to be effective, you need to be fucking desperate for change. Mm. And then, only then will I change the wor like world for the one person. Mm. So Going back to your opening thing. I guess it's all related. Yeah. This isn't scripted. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I appreciate how you think because you're always, I, and I think this probably comes from being in contact. You've been in it a long time, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you're constantly in your head and then in like with content, mm -hmm. but then in your life thinking about how things tie together because you got to make sure like people can follow, you know? And so it, it's nice when you can pull a symbol like that and, and it makes sense. But it's interesting when you say they're not ready to hear it like that point and they're not I'm going to I'm going to keep that for 4 months from now because what that requires is you have to instantaneously react to exactly what's happening right there not just what they say but how they say it or what they don't say and how they don't say it and then make a judgment on your own communication to then retransmit in another direction. And this is happening fast. I mean, this isn't any conversation it could be. It doesn't just have to be business or something like that. It's personal conversations all the time. Like how many of us, and we're all prone to it, it's, it's something you have to work on, but how many of us constantly look to bring something just back to 
well, we'll say the right thing that, that needs to be said right now because I know this thing would make me feel good right now, so I'll say this. Or this idea would be something I'd be pumped about, so I'll say this. And we don't think about like, all right, well, let's not like suck each other off here, but how can, how can we put something out there that is going to be amenable, like that they're going to listen to and be like, wow, yeah, no, that makes sense for whatever reason it is. And at the same time, potentially introduce something that's not so outside the box that they're not ready for it and they're they're not even listening now that now they're not tuned in anymore like how do you stay on a level it's like a dance like how do you stay mm-hmm. on a level where someone where the two of you have this intense focused communication that does not does not lose anyone's interest that's really probably the way of putting it and that is absolutely for Common conversations up to the most emotional conversations. Interest is still a thing. I mean, interest is the key. Like, is someone is someone just upset and they're you're not saying anything that makes any sense? So now they're just upset staring at the wall while you're talking in the fucking air? Or are they upset and they're staring at the wall while you're actually talking to them and it's going in their ear and they're listening? Mm-hmm. It's two very different things. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to I mean, it depends. you have to learn who you're working with too. Like you have to understand how they want to be, um, how, how advice transmit, like, and, and as you grow in a relationship with somebody, you can read them better and, and all that stuff. So, so that communication gets better over time. Like who can I be to best serve you right now? And, and like, especially with a, like a significant other or, um, like a business partner or, a client or, or a friend, any of these individual types of relationships, if you could read that person and understand who you can be, what character you could play, not to be fake, but like what character, what role you could play in that person's life to make them feel I at understand. peace with themselves. Yeah. Okay. And and so when you ask like, oh, okay, how can you, um, I forget the exact question, but it was it was like, how, how can you uh, pivot like that? What was the word? You, you Word for pivot. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, you asked me like how I could pivot, how I could m- move around, and it's adjust. just adjust. May, there yeah, we go. That yeah, was the word. Okay. Adjust. And um, it's just like, dude, like read the person. Be like, okay, how? Who can I be right now to to have to resonate with this person? You know, like is like, yeah. Anyway. No, I, I I understand. It's it's a complex thing to talk about. It's like hard. We're talking about one of the harder things to put in words. Mm-hmm that has happened in this studio and i think we're doing a pretty good job you're doing a good job it sounds like well thank you um it's like i think people listening know exactly what we're talking about i hope they can follow it because it is difficult to like i can break it down that front cerebral whatever whatever cortex neo whatever the fucking Mm -hmm. brain part is i'm gonna break it down where you're sitting across from somebody it's weird an analogy giving is a very it's a skill you have to develop it over time it's a very difficult thing to master and i don't claim to be good at it but i'm better at it since i realize that it's a skill and you have to learn it what's written on my cup here is relevant to what we talked about now what the fuck (laughs) it's an equation okay an equation i Um, thought you were creative yeah, but I'm also analytically <laughs> brained, you know. So like I, I could I could turn off and on when I need to, and that's what my unique trait. Um so we were just talking about um uh re- remember when I referenced um oh okay, this person's not ready to hear this right now. I bring bring it up four months later, yes, right? Yes. I like okay, that. so some people when they give advice, they think, No, you need to do this now. Yeah. Right? Okay. But all change is incremental change. You don't 
become an overnight success overnight. It takes 10 years, all 10,000 hours, all that stuff, right? To be ready, dude, you worked for a year and a half straight before you got your first thing to take off, right? On, on YouTube. Um, you, you know, okay. This equation answers that. So we've got here, <laughs> we got 1.01 by the 365th power. Now, what would that equal? One by the 365th power. That, Isn't that one? That's one. Yeah, I was going to say. That's one. Now, one. See, I remember math. 1.01. Okay. That's a lot more. A lot more. To the 365th power is 375, right? All you have to do is one. 1% one, a day. Yeah, 1% a day. Yeah. Incremental change. And in a year, 365 days, your life will change. You could change your thing, one thing about you. And it, over the course of 10 years, you could change 10 things about you. And the other thing to add to that that I think is important, not that you want to use this as a crutch. It's very important to keep that. That's why I like that equation. It's, yeah. I've never seen someone put it like that. I laughed at first, but that's pretty good. But yeah, you have peaks and valleys, right? Everyone has bad days. Everyone has days where, if anything, you subtracted shit, right? It's a matter of how do you average out over time? Over a long period of time, how much progress are you making? Month, two months, three months, yeah. six months, 12 months, right? And you're constantly judging this. And then you can see it in numbers. I mean, you can see it. What One of the guys you're working with right now, obviously, John, you can see it with his numbers and, and what you guys are doing there. Yeah. I can see it with my numbers. You know, I think a year ago I was at like 100 fucking 25 subscribers. Like, yeah, that's that's growth. That's good, right? And it's not one a day it's a percentage right uh -huh. and but it's also not like a straight line up like that it was more like this it was way and for people listening and not watching i'm like waving my hand and then boop, you know and now it'll be like this again and there's like like right now i'm testing out different types of content over the past two weeks like it hasn't worked as well what's so, the different types of content because you're doing shorts and different types of shorts mm -hmm. like different totally different types of hashtags totally different subject matters totally different like, have you noticed an effect the same, of hashtag where do you put the hashtags in your shorts like how does how does that work for you and does do, is there any effect in that I'm like so simple with it okay and yeah. this is mostly from learning from my friends on on in the youtube shorts pods that yeah. you, youtube's done a really good job i will say over the past four or five months or so really aggressively trying to learn about this and so what they've done is they've taken creators and they've invited them into little pods of maybe like a hundred per pod where we have a contact of someone who works on the shorts team right over at the company and we have phone meetings or zoom meetings and exchange ideas and stuff like that and so people are constantly talking about what's working so i try to find the simplest things and I'm always adjusting a little bit, but I don't – it's rare that I'll go hardcore and totally take a left turn on stuff. I have done that a little bit over the last two oh, weeks, okay, but, with, but with hashtags, to answer yeah. your question, yeah. I'll use the same three th that work on my actual description. The hidden tags, I'll repeat those, and then I'll switch up. I'll use like eight to ten hidden tags kind of deal, and I'll right. switch up like – if the video was really similar to the last one, maybe one or two. If it was way different, five or six. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Why, when you're having so much success doing one format, would you decide to, oh, now's the time to experiment? Because we don't have a niche. Yeah. Okay. A podcast is not a niche. Yeah. It's a light niche for a sub for a yeah. type of content, but that when and you, so what, what, what I'm competing against all types of content yeah. and feeds. 
So we talk about all different shit in here. Who shows up in your feed with your show? Like, is it other generalist podcasts or? It's so random, man. Yeah. Like at YouTube, and I know what you're asking for people yeah. who don't know. YouTube will show you like your viewers also watch and they'll give yeah. you channels. I've looked at that. I looked at that <laughs> twice. They're totally, uh, they're all different. Right. They're, they have nothing. They have very little in common. So it's like, well, that's not a thing. It's Isn't like, it amazing that you're such a big company like Google, like YouTube doesn't even understand their own creation. Yes. And I would say I gave YouTube personally, like myself behind the scenes, like a lot of shit for a few months. Like how the fuck you guys have the Google algorithm. Yeah. How are you just far behind TikTok? I don't think it's a coincidence that once they took shorts out of beta and actually invested in it mm -hmm. and now went to creators to ask for feedback, I don't think it's a coincidence that their numbers have gone up big time and they've gotten things to click in their own way. It's different than TikTok. It's like same type of content, but it's a different audience. It's different needs. It's different. It's different analytics. I can prove it with videos on platform to platform that do well on TikTok, don't do well here, do great here, don't do well on TikTok. But they have, like, I'll speak for our, our girl runs our team, Michelle. She's awesome. Like mm -hmm. she's, they listen. Like they want notes yeah. on everything. And right. she's like, I want to talk to the team about that. Mm -hmm. And she does. Like I can yeah. prove it, you know? So to me, like you talk about your job being listening and stuff. They've done a real, at least in my experience, they've done a really That's good awesome. job with it over the past several months. And, and now they're seeing some results. Wow. It's helpful for me. So I'm not complaining. Man, it's crazy. Like how quickly things move. I've been, dude, I, I started making YouTube videos myself in 2011, 2012. Really? Isn't that crazy? I'm probably earlier, but dude, I was a YouTuber in 2012. What were you putting out? Call of Duty video game commentaries. No shit. Isn't that crazy? I've been I had doing a this for a long KD time. in, in Call of Duty. <laughs> I had a little bit higher than you, but not much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, dude, and I, I was gaining momentum back in 2012. Dude, unlisted on my channel. I watched it again in the last two years where uh, I made a video and it was published let's call it early 2013, late 2012. It was like, is it too late to become big in the gaming community? And I just posed that question and that was what the video was about. This is 2012, 2013. Because dude, dude, at the time, PewDiePie was just blowing up. Yeah. Call of Duty was as big as it got and it felt like a flooded market of the top creators in that gaming community. I had a thousand subscribers. I was, I was really, like... I, it was fun, man. I got tens of comments a day, you know, and I was going, dude, I was on Twitch in 2012. Could you imagine if I stuck through it? Was you were on Twitch in 2012? Yeah, dude. I didn't even know what Twitch was yeah, until dude, 2016. Yeah, dude, it was almost Justin TV back then. Do you know what that is? Justin TV? Not That's a where, fucking clue. Justin TV is where Joe Rogan, I think, started his podcast. It used to be a live stream. Didn't know that. Then it, it turned into Twitch. I don't know if they got bought by someone or what. It turned into Twitch.tv and it turned into a gaming platform where... I, I streamed. My capture card was called an Elgato HD capture card. I, I it, was, it was HDMI into that, into a computer cable, and it, it, it OBS didn't exist back then, or if it did, I, I, don't, I didn't know about it. But, you know, I had my own capture system, all that stuff. I was making Call of Duty video game commentaries back then, and, dude, I was uploading every day. And my numbers were going up, and it was amazing, and life was good. Damn, that's so, so long ago, too. I Why'd stopped. you stop? Nobody's she ever went to college? No, nobody's ever asked me that question. It's a crazy story, dude.
back when we were in high school, when, when did you graduate high school? I was 14. 2012. All right. There was no social media influencers back then. There was one kid that got a thousand likes on Vine once, you know, like, and that was big deal, right? And, but YouTube wasn't cool, dude. And when my YouTube channel got discovered, holy fuck, kids, I did, I might as well had nudes leaked. It was really, crazy, dude. It was crazy. I got a thousand you know subscribers. Surprise me, dude. But yeah, dude. Okay. Back then in that Call of Duty era, everyone was doing like today. Everyone's doing the YouTube boxing. Back then, it was like YouTube rap battles, and you know, like it was Ashton Larold was on this podcast. <laughs> he was like, he was the big, he was the guy that what was the video epic called? rap battles. Well, of yeah, history white, and... white kid destroys a other kid and okay. whatever. But like, it's got like thirty million views. But yeah, that's so what 2011, 2013, it was the era of not boxing, but you like it was that big back then. The rap battles. There was epic rap battles of history. There were different. Like everyone was rapping. The Call of Duty commentators like did their. I got a thousand subscribers. I got really dude. I did a cover of of Tupac's. Um, no. No, no, no. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, man, no. dude. For thousand subscribers, I was no, like, don't do this to me. I was. It was uh, California Love. It was hilarious. Oh, no. Oh, dude no. it was so funny you covered that like i mean no i wrote it. my own lyrics oh man but yeah dude yeah so 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 i just like did that you know for you like you got a, some flow still no of course not you know i didn't have flow back then i dude i'll they, give you a beat i got canceled i got canceled you got canceled but at high school <laughs> yeah no not like not in like 2022 canceled but like in in like dude kids would dude Here's how it started. My my best fr friend in his computer class was like, yo, look at this rap that we did over the weekend. <laughs> and he showed it to a friend. He showed it to a friend. It went viral in my school. Oh, and bro, no. kids I've never fucking met was like, yo, YouTube. Oh, no. Dude, and could you imagine how I felt at 14, 15 years old? And, you know, like I, I played baseball. I, even though I wasn't, I wasn't a, uh, you know, I wasn't a jock. I, like, dude. I, dude, I fucking hated myself when I was 15 years old. I was like, all right, fuck this life. I always forget how petty high school was. Dude, isn't it crazy? And, and dude, dude, I had li literal kids. I'm like, yo, back then, I don't know how it is today in high school. I'm sure it's just as bad. But like, it's got to be worse, right? But after the YouTube leak, <laughs> I could call it the nudes. After the nudes leak, <laughs> um, it was like, dude, people were like, yo, why don't you kill yourself? No. Dead ass. Dead ass. Because the rap leaked. Uh, Kids yeah. were saying that. That's oh, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, dude. But it's the best thing that ever happened to me because I was um I was in the high school uh like TV program, but I wasn't too involved. I, I knew I wanted to be like a filmmaker back then because I liked the YouTube thing. I loved all that stuff. And um you know, when I, I got kicked out of the lunch table, I was like, fuck, where do I go? So I went into the TV studio. And I was, all the kids that were like the top honchos at the at the TV morning show, like we did the morning show and all that stuff, um, they, they would just skip lunch and they would just go work on projects there. So I started working on projects there and like became friends with them. And so like that's what started my entire filmmaker career. And oh, so it was a power. It, it, yeah, it did. It was a jump. Everything that I've ever done has like led up to the next thing. It's incredible. I could trace it back to elementary school. I used to want to be a football coach. You wanted to be a football Isn't coach. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, that's that was my passion. Did you play? I played for two weeks and then this kid <laughs> named Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I was in the <laughs> I was in the hundred twenty pound seventh grade, hundred twenty pound um 
you know, weight class. I weighed 92 pounds. Ryan Fitz may have weighed 170. He weighs more than I do now. Playing in the 120. Yeah, playing, you know, because, yeah. And, and so um we 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 did i forget what drill like you you know you go up against each other and you do he flatlined me and, <laughs> and then, then there's this it wasn't that i don't know if we were doing that but then there was this other drill now the second drill where um it was two lines perpendicular to each other um so one line was going straight and the other line was coming from the side trying to tackle the straight line so like it was perpendicular 90 degree angle the nine the 90 degree was trying to tackle it was a tackling drill I counted. I'm like one, two, three, four. Oh my gosh! I'm lined up with Fitz again. I um, <laughs> I just outran Fitz, and the coaches yell at me. They're like, "What the fuck? You're supposed to be tackled by that guy? Not by that guy? <laughs> no. Not by that guy? He's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, not by that guy." But here's the thing. So I um, I mean, I was small, and like I never played, so like I wasn't gonna get an opportunity. They, dude, they put me on the fucking offensive line and defensive line on the third string, and I'm like, I never let up a sack, and I would get sacks which is crazy and they just never noticed because i was like the little the kid little yeah and and on the third st- on the th- not not even jv whatever's under jv you know oh, wow. I, you know and like i like so you wanted to be a coach i wanted because to be a coach. you couldn't play Dude, in in fifth and sixth grade i would get all my neighbors in my community and we would run like not drills but plays i i, I would take like a white piece of printer paper ca- carve out nine slots draw out plays i bought i went to barnes and noble i got a book called the nfl coach or the football coaching bible which is from written like each chapter is dedicated to a scheme from a 20th century nfl or college football coach i would just highlight <laughs> now do you see how i am today yeah where that no, came from isn't that sense. crazy yeah yeah and, and and but like fast forward into your youtube channel like mm. a year or two later yeah. whatever and like stop it with the peer pressure that's a whole separate thing that's interesting to me but yeah like even if you stopped first of all you're really young everyone stops shit when you're young yeah. mostly but you it translated you into your thing it did it wasn't like you just kind of went your separate way and whatever it yeah. it was a it was also a blessing in disguise it would have been cool if that kept going though but yeah. it's also a blessing in disguise because then you get into production mm-hmm. and you get into what you did yeah but th- this is this is the real thing that i i've been curious about because we've talked about it in our conversations but there's always so much other shit going on that like you know i'll get tidbits here and there but you after college and majoring in fucking film and all that shit you went out west right and you worked on YouTube channels. I did. This is what I don't get. Is that just... Because this is what? Like 2017, 2018, 2019? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that just you DMing somebody? And then mm, you end up Good in, question. You want to do, Okay, you yeah, want to hear how, that? How'd this okay. work? So remember when in the beginning of the podcast I said like I had like a little Gary V stint type of deal? Like in terms of like... Uh, the, just gotta the do f- it, man! Yeah, you, yeah, gotta, yeah. you gotta grind, you gotta hustle! When you're 20... Okay. So that's how I lost all my yeah. friends. <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah, dude, I was like, I'm not going to graduate with debt. I'm going to pay off college. Uh, and so, like, granted, like, I, my parents paid for a lot of school, like half of school. But, like, I was still going to have a couple, tens, like, maybe 25000 plus in loans. It's not nothing. It's not it's nothing. It's not nothing. And I was like, I don't want to graduate with debt. I, I can pay this off. I got to figure out how to pay this off. And I had a, um, a very important conversation with a friend of mine. I was a junior, so this is, um, let's call it October 2016. I was a junior. He was a senior. He was my roommate. He was the first one in any of our friend group to get a job where a production company flew him out to, like, let's say, Atlanta, Georgia, to work on a car commercial. He was, like, an assistant camera or something on that crew. 
he comes back and he's the hero. You know, he got a paycheck, a hotel, paid for flight. You know, and we're like student filmmakers, you know, watching like Film Riot on YouTube and stuff Eating like that. Eating fucking ramen. Yeah. yeah. And um, he comes back, got his, you know, paycheck of 400 bucks, whatever it would be. And uh, we're like, you made it, man. And he, I'm in this kitchen. I remember having this conversation with him. He's like, dude, I'm going to be working this job. We're never going to retire being filmmakers. We're just going to die loving our craft. And that conversation was really trans formative for me because i was like nah that's not gonna be me i want to fund my art i want to do the art on the side Mm. i could i could make money i know i can make money i want to but i want to do my art and i'm gonna retire with dignity but you didn't so what do you mean though because you didn't view going to make films and going to make content for other people as art uh we could get into that um no curious to me i don't I do not. Um, so I, and I, I don't. Wanna, I, I want to yeah. be. I'm going to ask a clarification yeah. question here. So like Frank Coppola, yeah, directing Godfather One, Godfather yeah. Two, two perfect movies. Yeah, he got a paycheck. That, that's art, of course. That's art, though, oh, but that's uh, what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So so those people that say, "Oh, uh, do your art, do your passion for a living," I'm not wired like that. I'm not saying other people can't. All right. Like, I'm not wired like that. So for example. I like photography, but there's no amount of money you could pay me to hire me to be your portrait photographer or landscape photographer or whatever. Like, right. because I want my special thing oh, to I be, got you. you know, my okay. special thing, my outlet, you know, graphic design. I'm not very good at it, but I like doing it. So you, you know, you view art at the, as an the outlet. art you're talking about is the outlet stuff that maybe no one ever sees. It's just for you. Yeah. Got I made, it. I made got three okay. pretty okay short films in college and, um, they're not public. But that's the thing. What if they were? It wouldn't be art now. No, I just don't know. Um, I mean, I, I just I I make stuff literally just as my own creative voice to like in my own echo chamber. I don't, you know, you could keep pressing against that, but I don't know if I have a real answer why. No, I I, I fuck with this because a yeah. lot of people are like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" I, okay. I've I've heard this kind of thing though before. Okay. It's it's like one of those creative gene type things, yeah. but like. That's a weird barrier to put on it. And money money's a weird thing and like financing your life is a weird thing. So yeah. it can complicate stuff. But like if you had put out one of those and for some reason it was like a fucking Oscar winner or something. Yeah. The way you're defining it to me right now is okay, well now it's the job. It's not art. But like what mm. if the intentionality behind it wasn't thinking even if it, it wasn't business at all, but like let's say it was. It was going to be something that you knew was going to be public. If you're not thinking of it like that and you're approaching it like, yo, we're we're fucking making something right now. As by the way, every artist who's made a fuck ton of money in their life in any type of medium has approached it that way. They may not like the beauty of it is they may not be thinking about at all about like the amount of money or like mm-hmm. what the bag's going to mm-hmm. be. I love that, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not how I think of yeah. it and I I could tell the people that don't think like that, but like that's still, they know it's on the other side. Right. Like I know doing this podcast, a lot of like the content I'll create for this, it's art to me, right? right. Like I sit here, I make fucking movie trailers for this shit. Right. You know, they could take 30 hours sometimes. Right. Like that's fucking art. And like, mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it's one that like, I know less people are going to fuck with it because it's not going to get as many comments mm-hmm. or whatever and not go as far. There's sometimes it's like, I want that for the library, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I'm not thinking about like well how many subscribers does that get me and then if i get to x subscribers like oh well how much money do i make i do know though as you grow yeah you make money yeah it's just that like it's i don't know how much it is but like you make you fucking put food on the table i yeah i gotta do that i think um i limit 
I don't have a good reason, but it might be, and this I'm not saying it's this, but it might be along the lines of if my documentary or short film got some sort of recognition, short films don't get recognition, but let's just say it, it did. Um, then it opens it up to like, not that I care about like more scrutiny, but obviously there's some PTSD from high school, from the YouTube stuff. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you. right? I believe you. I mean, see, this is my an, like it's analyzing brain. that that can dude, affect you can so affect long, you, but it dude, does. And we could go into how it affected me in college because that's a very interesting psychological case study. But stay with this first one for now. I will. Um, but more importantly, everything I create is is like self masturbatory almost in terms of my art projects because I just want a creative outlet, and I genuinely do not care about the uh, the opinions of others anymore i feel like in in mm. in my own personal world like i don't seek outside validation that's what i meant to say not that i don't care about opinions because like obviously somebody could call me out you could call me out anyone can because we all do but i to don't an extent i yes. i do not seek outside validations from others i found it i found out how to validate my own creative itch and validate myself as my own independent human and it's a little bit stoic in that sense where it's, it's uh, yeah, I don't need an outside stimulant in a sense. And I'm okay just creating my, my art. That's cool, man. And that's, that's... I don't know if it is because I feel like I... It's not that I half-ass the answer. It's just I half-know the answer right now in my life. Well, you seem, to, you seem to have at least a part of it very well compartmentalized. And like some people would describe an element of that as stupid. Like, well, why don't, mm -hmm. you, why don't you get some money on something? And that's... Because that's, I'm good at making money elsewhere. That's why. And actually, that's a good answer because you actually do have that. But if you didn't, mm -hmm. people could make that argument. They could still do it even though you make money doing what you do. It's like, well, what if this thing you created here, whatever it is, is like fucking amazing and everyone wanted to watch it? Like, yeah. oh, you're going to pass that up? I think this is like where – this is where I understand people like you because I can have some of these thoughts myself as well. I think like people who have that gene – like they're looking at the the picture right like yeah. when when michelangelo was looking at the 60 the sistine chapel when he was done fucking craning his neck and, and painting it you know I, I don't think he was thinking about what the price tag would be if anyone was actually allowed to buy it which they're not but it would go for billions and billions mm -hmm. and billions of dollars right literally because it's in the vatican and everything <clears throat> like he wasn't looking at it that way he was like yo this shit's fire right mm -hmm. like that's mm -hmm. Lip, painted that's what it, it lit is. by a candle too so yeah yeah uh, and, and that's what i'm saying like and, and that's wild shit obviously but like that's that feeling you get when it's done and you know it's good yeah like you don't give a fuck like you know like all right yeah that that hit uh it it's, is it's nice it's changing. that pays a lot i agree I, I agree because i'm fulfilled in my personal life my financial life's taken care of and now i just need other outlets like my relationships so those three things so i'm happy with myself as a creative person i found fulfillment in my creative stuff my financial life's taken care of and the relationship stuff is always working you know developing my friendships with people my my core partners things like that um my however this year i'm doing a little audible where i am working on two public facing projects of my own where my own name's on it which is interesting one's a documentary film we could talk we could dive into it where it's it's going to be a silent hiking film silent hiking film i took a road trip with 
my friend, the one who leaked the, the silent rap, hiking, film. a silent hiking film. It's going to be like 35 to 40 minutes long. Um, no sound. It's going to have music, but no like talking, no voiceover, okay, things okay. like that, if that right. makes sense. So That's like better. it's, yeah, uh, it, it flows. And I, what I did this summer um, in June, my friend and I took my Honda Accord and we drove across the country. And for a month, we just lived out of the car and slept in tents and, and bathed in rivers. And just like, it was fun. <laughs> we went to national parks. It was, it was amazing. I'm glad you had fun. Count dude, me out. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, dude, I think everyone needs to experience. You know what that was? It wasn't me being a hippie. It was me. That was me being a hippie. But it was me. Um, I needed to like self-sabotage because I was coasting at that point in June. I, I was making decent money. And this is even before I met John. Um, and I, which I guess we should address eventually. But um, I was making very good money. And I, I, my life had become stale. And I needed to like mix up the, the puzzle pieces a little mm. bit and kind of control suffer, if that makes sense. And Control suffer? Yeah, control suffering, essentially, is that what I call it. It's like, okay, my worst problem isn't, oh, I'm bored. It's, dude, how do we find shade? You don't realize that that's a problem until it's a problem. You're just sitting out there and you're like, we can't just keep the car running. Okay, we're gonna build. We're gonna use our tarp and like build a, f a shade fort, like connected to the car doors. And then, dude, and and where do you shower? How often do you shower, dude? There was a four or five day period where we didn't shower. And me, not showering for four days, with like I could go a day with you know, like I shower once a day, but like I could maybe go two days and then before I feel like ah, you know. Um, but when you don't go for four or five days. When you finally bathe in cold river water, it's angelic almost because it's like you've never had a better bath in your life because you're so grateful for what you have, mm. if that makes sense. So, like, I was overstimulated. Dude, the, the, the social media... Choice deprivation. Yeah, choice deprivation, right? I had one focus sometimes, like, where that day was like, okay, we do our hike in the morning because 11, we would wake up at 4 o'clock, we would do some sort of 11-mile hike, be done by 11, because by 11, it's 92 degrees, and this summer, we had that heat wave. Where were you again? Um, South Dakota, Wyoming, and Montana. Heard great things. Beautiful parts of the country. We visited um, T the Grand Tetons, Yellowstone, a um, bunch of state and national parks, um, and it, it, was, it was beautiful. And the and what we tried to do was we tried to like beat the crowd. So we we would wake up before everyone and drive into like a hiking place before everyone and get done as people were showing up for the morning. Yeah, it was it was it was really something else. And we would be in bed by eight thirty at night. But no, he slept in a tent. My my buddy slept in a tent. I slept in a hammock. Isn't that cool? The best sleep I've ever had, dude. So it, you had to set up the hammock. I had to set somewhere up a hammock. different every time. Yeah. Um, Don't we, you need like trees and shit for that though? Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes so I did sleep. There's a lot of trees out there, obviously. There, there is, but some places, like, so, for example, we're in, in South Dakota in an area called the Badlands, which is just basically rock desert. Halsey made a song about that. The yeah, Badlands. yeah, there you yeah, go, yeah. And um, and so I, and so did, uh, well, that was her album, and, and uh, Badlands is uh, Bruce Springsteen. Wasn't Badlands a single, though, on the album, too? Or was that I think that, actual... that, no, that was the name of the album, and Bruce Springsteen I'm has Badlands. I'm album the, names, the, the, by the way. The song. For someone who listens to so much fucking music, yeah. like, I know I can name the best albums ever, like, in my mind, and then the rest of them, like, oh, what was that one called again? Dude, I just it's listened to... Weird. 
I mean, my favorite album of this past year, I think it came out in 2020, but the, I discovered it this year. It's The New Abnormal by The Strokes. And dude, mm. it's so good. Anyway, I listened to it on the way down here. But, um, but we were in the Badlands and there were no trees. So I slept in a car. And sometimes we slept in Walmart parking lots too. We did that. It was great. And it's just like... Did you see any people? Yeah. This whole time? Dude, oh yeah. Yeah. We I don't something. know how deep you were. I'm I'm asking genuinely. Um, no, I mean because like, look, when you go to national parks, they're flooded with people. And dude, like it's like if you Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of people. But when we went hiking, almost no people because we always beat the crowds. When we went to Yellowstone National Park and they had a record year this year because no No, no, I was I'm sorry. I was okay. asking specifically, I should have been more clear. Because yeah. I I heard you say that. But when you would go to sleep, were you sleeping on like the on the Usually, designated campgrounds. I oh, guess yeah, is yeah. the question. There's this thing called dispersed camping, which is like technically, um, technically designated campgrounds, but not as we know it. It's like government land that they, okay, here's here's a circle to park your car, and here's a bear. Um, they call them bear vaults or something like that, where you have to lock in your food because there's grizzly bear out there. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Very nice. Yeah, the, a week after we got back, someone got killed uh, by a grizzly bear. But we, yeah, we had our bear spray, and all, we we interacted with a bear. Bear spray. Yeah, bear spray is like very big pepper spray. And dude, I I did keep, they like run away? Yeah, it's very effective. It's more effective than a firearm. What does it smell like? Pepper. It's it's oh, it's it's literally it's pepper like pepper spray. It's, but it's in a it's looks it's about this size. It doesn't burn you. Yeah, it would kill a human. Actually, I think. Uh, Wait, how the fuck do you spray it on yourself then? No, it, it's a fire hydrant. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh, looks you like hold a fire. Yeah, Shh, bear spray. Yeah, oh, and you shoot it, and then they go, <laughs> and they fucking run. They away. run away. Yeah, like it's more effective than a firearm. And you came face to face with a bear, a grizzly. No, not a grizzly. We did not even see a grizzly. We saw a couple bears, but no, we, we saw a, a, a lot of bear tracks. We interacted with one bear on a trail, which is actually scary because it was in the Grand Tetons, and um, it crossed our path. And it was a very crowded trail. So this is the one trail that we did where even though we got up early, it, it's the most famous trail in, in the uh, Grand Tetons. Anyway, so on our way back, my buddy who's walking in front of me, he pauses. And he's like, this. And I'm like, what? And, <laughs> and a bear. I have it on video too. Um, a bear crosses and and I see it. I'm like, holy fuck. It's How big. big are we talking? Um... Yeah, it's it like it would be okay if we if I was standing, it would be under my shoulder. Like it it was it was big. It was it was brown in color, but they still call brown bears black bears out there. It just depends. Like black bears can be brown. It's just the shape of the bear you can tell. Oh wait, on all fours, it's right under your shoulder, dude. It's a big bear. I was bear. gonna say. I was oh like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, oh, wow. Yeah. Standing yeah. up, it would be eight feet tall. Yeah, like seven. Six to eight feet and tall. And didn't stand up, but just crossed. No, no, no. Because it crossed. It looked at him. It paused. And it kept going. Um, and we had our bear spray out. After it crossed, I took my phone out. And I, I, in one hand, I have my bear spray. And the other hand, I have my um, my phone. And I'm like, dude. And you know what's crazy about this, dude? Is So we're... No, go ahead. Go ahead. What do we got here? Okay. Go um, so we've got... That's not... I don't know what that is. <laughs> What do you have pulled up? I'll show you in a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, we had our bear spray on us. Like, dude, we, I mean, we were safe. We did everything safe. We did not leave food out, all that stuff. You know, like when we were camping, we were very smart. Other people on that trail, we were one of the few people on that trail that had bear spray. 
you have to have bear spray out here. Here, when like in North Jersey and New York, you don't. You should have bear spray, but you don't need it. It's not even law. But out there, it's literally law that you have bear spray. It was kind of like uh, like people not following the mask rule or something like that. You know, mm. like they just weren't. Nobody had bear spray, and but we like we were right after we passed the bear. Or no, right before we interacted with the bear, we saw somebody that did not have bear spray walk by and literally within 10 seconds, we saw the bear cross path and go into, and we're like, dude, these people- Didn't really look at you. It just kind of went about its way. Uh, yeah. N- almost all engagements are like that. And sometimes they do bluff charges where they're like fake charges and then they back out. The, like bears are actually pussies. It's amazing. But Really? Yeah. No, they're scaredy cats. Have they- you ever seen a bear without their skin? I guess I'm about to. Yeah, that was that thing that you were flipping out about a minute ago. <laughs> Should I look? Yeah, it's creepy as fuck. Look at that thing. I'll put it in the corner oh of the screen my so God, people can dude. see it. But yeah, it's like, it's very weird. Like, they're fucking, they're demons. Like, they're they're legit fucking de- Like That's, that's going to haunt my nightmares tonight. Like, look at that. It's it's so well, creepy. Why why did they not have fur like a zoo captivity or something? No, I think that was like a CGI or some shit like where they did that. Just to explain that. This this one might actually be a legit hairless bear. I forget what it was, but like either way, like that's a bear without hair cuz we picture like these big cuddly fucking animals, but really like like oh, I'm you- I'm surprised to hear you call them pussies yeah. cuz like they still if they get mad enough and they're Dude. close to you, they'll literally eat you in like two and they'll they no they don't even eat you they just fucking maul you you, kill you and then it's no joke it's no joke if okay the the most dangerous thing you could see in the wild is a baby cub it's the most dangerous baby a baby because the mother's around and the mother's going to attack you they're all most bear attacks happen because the baby's around yeah Um, did you see the did you see the lady who (sighs) saved her dog no from there was i think it was if i remember correctly it was like a a baby cub or something this was viral last year i gotta pull this up this lady there was um her dog was like barking at the bear and she like just legit like she pushed the bear so the bear was like on a ledge or some shit yeah this is it i got it okay so she literally takes the bear and and this lady's not big either. She's yeah. I don't know, like five two, like like little regular woman. Yeah. And she saw that like her dog, like this little fucking yapper, was was oh, fucked. You gotta buy a YouTube premium, look, man. Look at this. Look at this. So oh, the bear man. It, Yeah, this is like a big it wasn't a cub, but it had cubs with it. Oh, that's what it dude. was. Okay, so that's the most dangerous thing you can right. see in the entire so all the, of nature. This right is there. a this is a big motherfucker. Yep. And then suddenly this dog, Fuck, three dogs dude. come up, the bear's flipping Fuck. out. Watch the lady come in. Here she comes. Oh, I hate when they do this. Put fucking oh my god! The bear. What the right fuck? You the psycho! The, the bear like and the bear walk like gets back up and walks away. And then she just she pushes all the other dogs. And then I, I have this in the corner. I might have said that. I'll have it in the corner screen so people can see it if they didn't see this. But like she pushes the other ones away. And then she has the little. She picks up the little dog and fucking runs like a running back. And the bear was like, "Yo, fuck this! I'm out." But like she just decked that fucking thing. Dude, the balls that takes. Dude, when okay, you have like you watch all of the preparation videos. You like okay, this is how you use bear spray. You, you know, like you know, like you know, it's like ninety seven percent effective. But dude, when you see a fucking bear close to you in the wild, a big bear, 
dude, it's freaky. It's, it's yeah. See, I'm freaky. dude. I'm not doing this without like a very powerful gun. Like, well, here's the thing, dude. Like the, a very powerful the powerful gun. gun. You either need a very powerful gun, but still, that's only seventy five percent effective. Bear spray is more effective than a very powerful gun. You're telling me that if I take out like a legit fucking shotgun, pretty close range. Because if you miss, you're you, done. You're done. The bear spray. Um, the strategy is you do uh, three second bursts like this, a cloud in front of you at a time. Three seconds. One, two, three. One, two, three. And 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 that will protect you. It's literally a barrier. It it instantly boom, they go away. Um, a shotgun, if you fucking hit them, you get one chance. How confident are you? You know you know you know what I mean? It's like again, it depends yeah. on the type of gun and the range. Shotgun, yeah. it better be pretty close, which means, you know, it's already dangerous. I think the perfect combo would be one shotgun, one bear spray for first if you're with two people, but uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's um, thing about it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a crazy trip. Anyway, so a silent hiking trip is is uh, something I'm working on. With uh, and so for the longest time, I'm like, how do I make this interesting? And because I knew for some reason I wanted to make that public, I, I don't know what compelled me, right? So like that's a shift in my logic now. I wanted to make this film public. You don't know what compelled you, or you don't want to uh, say what compelled you? No, I, me? I don't know. Um, you just woke up one day and you said, I think I'll go public. I with filmed this. it because. I felt like, you know what, I think this would be a nice, like, I don't know what the video version of ASMR is. I just think it'd be very nice and peaceful and cinematic and night. Like, I, I feel like the world should see this is essentially it. I don't mm. I don't know why. Um, but I hadn't touched it for six months until from July to December because I was like, how do I make this interesting? And I was just like, I have no idea how to make it interesting. Do I do voiceover stuff? Do I, you know, because I... And then I, I started really thinking about it, and I figured it out, and I have about, like, 80% done a rough cut. Then I'm going to picture lock it, sound design, excuse me, <laughs> sound design, and then uh, um, color correction and all that stuff, and it, it should be pretty good and be done soon. I have a lot going on in life right now, but um, it, it'll be done very soon. I When I work on it, man, it feels like an art project because, one, it is, but, two, it's like I get energized working on it. You know, I just, like, I look forward. It's a reward to have the privilege of editing it and stuff so do you have that like artist gene of like there's a part of you that says i have to i have to finish this because it has to be a thing that's in the universe like i know you talked about stuff that you're like oh no this this is never gonna be public and things like that so i'm kind of separating the two because this one you said like it's gonna be public and so when that went into your head were you looking at it like okay as I like when you go into work, work on this, are you thinking to yourself like, I'm taking this stone and I'm making my statue of David with this and I'm going to do it on my vision and I'm not making it for anyone to fucking the most people to watch it per se, because this is like a fun endeavor in this case. It's not business, but I'm making it so that the exact one, two or three main goals I have with what I want this to make me feel like is out there so that if the right person who that target audience is one day finds it, they're like, holy shit, we fuck with this. Like, is that a little bit like mm -hmm. the wavelength? Actually, no. Absolutely. Mm. No, it's not. I You're nursing that song. You're nursing your I, I poured it again. There, I poured it again, actually. Um, <laughs> I see, see that, that one. Um, no, I don't. I, I'm... I'm quick to start and quick to abandon. If it doesn't feel right, I move on right away. And if I never revisit it, no harm, no foul, I literally don't care. I had lunch once 
in my life with a billionaire. And he said, you become a billionaire. I'm never going to become a billionaire. I don't want to. But I'm just saying never. I mean, I I want a piece. We could go back to the when's enough is enough. But um, okay. But yeah, he said the billionaires, the way they behave is they're quick to start, quick to abandon. Um, and they when, when the right thing sticks, it sticks. So there's a lot of creative projects I've just abandoned and I'm okay with that. I'm at peace because I I feel like okay. I know artists that have been institutionalized with mental issues in institu- like literally institutionalized because they mm-hmm. cannot let go of something they started 4 years ago and it's ruining them. Dude. Mm. I I know so many, so many, so many and it's so painful for me to watch because great talent, great humans, great friends literally they don't go to therapy they go to hospitals over this and they just can't let go because they'll either feel like a failure or it's some pride thing or their artistic integrity is going to be no longer it hurts this is a really interesting conversation Mm -hmm. i know exactly what you're talking about and i think a lot of people listening know people like this even if they're not someone creatively inclined or whatever like they there's a part of them that at least has seen something like this, even on a public stage. But this is the fine line. If you're looking to search the web privately and not have all these websites track you when you leave, and you're looking to search the web privately and not have all these websites track you and not lose any speed while you do it, check out my friends over at Privato VPN. If you hit that link in my description for Privato, you will go to my homepage with the company and you will see a plan for $4.99 a month. It is the same one I use. It will check all those boxes, no loss of speed, complete privacy, no tracking, and oh, by the way, you can use it on up to 10 different devices at a time. So hit that link in my description, head over to my homepage with Privato, hit the $4.99 a month plan, and I hope you enjoy the product. Of where, I mean, first of all, it is finance versus not finance, because we're usually talking about things where it's like someone's life is on the line, like they, in the sense that like, they're either going to be homeless or, you know, they're going to make it, right? And it's based on this creative type thing, whatever the endeavor is. But outside of that base requirement per se which is that this is the thing that i make it with there is a very difficult question that goes into these moments that can only be answered truly by the person who is doing it which is the honest question of is this good as in am i fucking good at this is my vision something that other people will fuck with like even if they don't know they're gonna fuck with it will they and why and can you answer those questions Mm -hmm. and that is (sighs) <sighs> I always feel when I talk about this like a backhanded arrogance based on my own actions of building a fucking product myself, right? That, you know, you don't know if it's going to make it or not, but I'm fucking doing it and I've been doing it for a long time and I'm every fucking week and, and going after it that it's like, well, clearly you know how how I've answered that question privately to myself, which is it's good enough, right? Yeah. Who's to say I'm right? You don't know. If I Art don't, subjective. Be, yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. And if I don't build an audience, if I don't and fuck an audience, if I don't build a community, right? If I don't build people, we talked about that personal relationship and shit. If I don't build that kind of thing where I'm going back and forth with people. And even if it's that, what was that term? Para parasocial relationship. Yeah, even if it's like that, I do my best 
to understand who is taking the time to talk with me, especially in like, you know, reaching out in an email or something like that. Right. Like it, it can't be quite the same, obviously, as they get from me because I, I can put everything out here. But it's an element to where I can do that. Even even as I'm doing that, it's still it does. Money is building a large enough thing mm-hmm. where enough people fuck with it that it's whatever. And so clearly, even though and I've been open about this. I still cringe at editing myself on this. I got to edit this shit, right? And it's like every single thing I say, I find something wrong with it. Despite that gene, when when I quietly with no one else in the room have had to have those moments where I step back and ask myself, and this was before the podcast ever started, to be honest, and I continue to ask it as it did. I still do. But like when I step back and ask that, like, are you like not the worst thing ever at this? The answer is like, okay, you're not the worst thing ever at this. Like, I know I can do it. It's even if it makes me cringe, like, I know, like, all right, this is kind of, I'm not talented at a lot of things. This is one thing that I have at least some natural ability at. I never thought of it that way until I started doing this or looked at doing it. I never, that's why I never did a podcast before, but enough people said it that then, and again, that's people outside saying it voluntarily. And then you have to watch the results and be viciously critical of it, right? As you're building it. And when you get viciously critical, of course, you're comparing yourself to any of the fucking top 300 podcasts in the world, which I did. Even podcasts people never heard of that I thought were good. Like, you know, you have to have that honest conversation. How many people have that conversation where they legitimately think they're being honest, but they're the kind of person that isn't self-critical enough to be like, yo, no, like I suck at this, which by the way, and I don't need to get into go down rabbit holes right now, but there have been other things in my life that like I go to try and I'm like, no, you fucking suck at this. Stop. Like you, if, if you sat there every day, all day and tried to get better at this, maybe you could, maybe, but like, do you want it that bad? And the answer was always no, you know, cause it wasn't my thing, whatever it was. A lot of people don't have that conversation. I think a lot of artists, it goes beyond the fear of criticism it just goes on to the perfectionism and it's a base mm. level of like it's a, it's a, that's such a generalization a lot of people say perfectionism but what does that really mean for them it's like what can they accept maybe they can accept that it's never going to be perfect and mm. they want to release something into the world maybe based off that fear of criticism but like they want to release into the world that their magnum opus. Every they think the current project they're working on is their magnum opus, which which means their David, you know, their their David statue or yes. their um, Sistine Chapel, right? But it's not. And um, my favorite director is Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, very cool. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood directed Unforgiven, Mystic River, and my favorite movie of all time, Gran Torino. That's your favorite That's of all time? That's my favorite movie ever made. I can't say my favorite lines in that because I'll get caught a racist, <laughs> but it is funny. When, when he says it, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. So um, he has a quote. He says, building a film is not, it's not, you don't have to worry about each individual brick. You have to worry about the house. You know, if one brick is faulty, it's uh it's okay it's not a big deal he does one or two takes david fincher for all of his movies does literally a hundred takes yeah and um clint eastwood usually does one something has to go tragically wrong for him to do a second and he, fincher's movies also move they're like you know cut 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 cut, cut. oh that's true too. You, you know what i mean yeah. like but, it's yeah. it's just he makes to- actors suffer <laughs> yeah yeah they're totally different styles mm-hmm. though you know yeah 
but it's it's a great point it's a right great point. and so a lot of artists are perfectionists and like no this has to be the way i dreamed it instead of being able to let go take it as a learning experience and a stepping stone into what they're going to become me abandoning youtube was a stepping stone to what i became me mm. abandoning i was i was directing music videos and fashion films for designer brands and commercials in tokyo I abandoned that to become what I'm becoming, you know, like all of this stuff. It's all a stepping stone and I need to let go in order to progress into whatever's calling for me next. What about the people who come back at that without knowing any details, by the way, because we got off some of your LA stuff. We will come back to that, but we've been talking about more interesting shit right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's pressing. Yes. Mentally. What about the people that will look at that maybe without knowing the backstory and say, well, that could be just trying to validate decisions to move from x to y to z and say like like you know those people who go i don't regret anything in my life because it may be the person i am today and they yeah. keep, you know they're sitting there and they're on their fucking fifth girlfriend that they knocked up and you know they can't pay their fucking bills and they're like uh, they're sitting there ripping a fucking marlboro saying like oh yeah no my life's gonna be fine because they keep on and i'm not saying that's what you are i'm saying like how do you respond to that because it's that human nature of you keep on saying well it's maybe where i am so i'll get better and that's really never the answer i would say that they're living um a parasocial relationship with me and i don't know that they exist who the critics no i can't oh, okay. <laughs> you turn that on you turn that on <laughs> i did no um look sure it can be i'm not a, i'm not there's nothing i'm so religious about that i'm going to say is for certain my my ideas change all the time my opinion about my like there's no core beliefs I have. There, there's core beliefs I have, but like I'm, I'm very fluid with a lot of things in my life. And I'm, I'm, I would take that comment and be like, "Where did it come from?" And then I would just be somehow become a better person because I would think about how, what had to, what, what had to come. Like, what did I do to come across in that way? To you know, and then I would, I would, I would question myself and then just go into my own deep head and not take take it too seriously, but. I don't know. I, um, how would I respond to somebody saying I'm justifying? It just goes back to my comment of like, I'm just quick to let go. I'm like, I just quick to let go onto the next thing because I probably wouldn't be approaching a million subscribers with Johnny drinks if I hadn't let go with the other stuff. True. I had to be very, so when I was doing LA and other, when I was working with other influencers, I let go of that because I saw an income ceiling and an opportunity ceiling. Because I was like, all right. Go back to the beginning, then. If you're going to go right. into this, go back to the beginning of that. Because we beginning. start. This is what I was talking about. We started on this, and I asked you, like, oh, did you just DM these people to get out there? Like, yes. What did you do? How that did it conversation work? I had yeah. with my friend? Yeah. Uh, okay. So when he, okay, my friend, he, 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 he was the first one of us that flew to, um, you know, for a job, got paid, all that stuff. He was the a celebrity guy. Was, yeah, yeah, got four hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah. yeah. And um, he said, Chris, I'm never going to retire. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to make money. How can I make money? And so I was, you know, like, I was like, okay, I, could, I know I could weaponize my skills in order to make money somehow. Let's figure out how to do that. So I started doing like Craigslist jobs, literally just going on like the gig section of Craigslist. And I would respond to stuff. And, you know, I would do jobs for like $150 or 500 bucks. What and, kind of jobs? Hmm. Like mostly being a production assistant on some indie commercial. Like let's say it, it had ten thousand or thirty thousand dollar budget, and I was like PA. Your day rate as a PA back then was like hundred fifty bucks a day. 
Right. It was pretty good. Uh, you know, I remember the first time I ever worked, it was for an indie short film. I got paid $40. I was so happy to be there because they had the fancy lights and all that stuff. And I learned a lot and, and all that stuff. And I, I worked for two or three days. They only needed me for a little bit, but it was it was a grateful experience. I was very grateful for it. The DP went on to be like a pretty awesome DP and like popular in the Vimeo cinematographer crowd. And um and then I, you know, did the hundred fifty dollar stuff. Then people started hiring me to be a camera guy and, and all that happened. One day I a YouTuber posted on Craigslist looking for like a videographer for the channel and I clicked on it and it was a guy named Matt Granger who runs a photography channel. He's an Australian guy, just moved to New York. He was one of back then, he was a uh, he was a prominent photography YouTuber and um, he educational stuff, teaching people how to do stuff. And I, he had under 400,000 subscribers, but that was big, man. That was giant. And yeah. so I- Big to me. I yeah, I interviewed with him, and uh, as I like his, he, he's doing other things now. Uh, we could, he's he's a cool story, but um, uh, at the time, you know, he he was getting tens of thousands of views and like some hundreds of thousands of views. And I was like, oh man, like if I worked with him, this would be big because I not only would I be making money, but I'd be working consistently. I'd have my work out there, all that stuff. So I started working with him. Like we really clicked, and. Um, I worked with him for about a year and I remember when I started working with him dude I it was it was night and day the content difference like his his followers immediately noticed the content quality change the structure of his videos What and did it, you do for him? Like, uh, what, what? I was his camera guy and editor essentially. Okay. So like I was his D-Rock for Gary V, you know. Got it. Like um, and, but, you know, I didn't follow him around and we didn't do daily vlogs. We did instructional photography videos. So he would send you the content and then you would do your thing. He lived in New York. So I would just take the train in. Oh, you would go do it with him. Yeah. I filmed him. Oh, that's yeah. sick. Oh yeah. 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 Soup to nuts. Um, I love it. I know. Yeah. And then I got to travel around the country and. Distramoke right here. <laughs> yes, that's sir. Him? Right, that's him. Um, and we did a, we did a lot of great stuff, a lot of great brand deals. I produced stuff from all over the world and like, uh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I learned more about the YouTube game. Um, I, I wish my, I, I have one little regret of my time. I feel like I was nervous cause I was probably 19 years old. I wish I talked to him about money more in terms of how much he was making, how he was making it. Mm. Um, where his revenue sources were. I just wish I got that insight. Now I'm 25. I know how YouTubers and stuff work, but like it would have been very valuable for me at the time to understand. And I think I would have been more valuable to him. Yeah. You could have monetized that like you have now. Right. Because you have all the, the all I the did knowledge. something big for him though. Back then there was affiliate marketing worked in blogs, but nobody was really doing it. This is early 2017. Nobody was doing it in video form. Really makeup channels were, but they were, that was it. Um, like the tech YouTubers weren't really doing it. And I was like, hey, let's do an Amazon affiliate program. That first month, we did a USB-C um, com uh, hub comparison video because that was the year that the USB-C Macs came out. Um, we're like English. The, oh, um, your Mac does not take USB-A. It's like that. Oh, the, oh like the, yeah. the lecture port, the, yeah. whatever the fucking... Yep. I'm really fucking up okay, the names. That's okay. I'm going to yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. Uh, see, I, I'm, they I'm changed, like... They changed, they changed the, the road signs. Yeah. Um, I point and I go, that thing. That, yeah. yeah, that one. I, want, yeah, I need they, that. They don't talk. You need a connector, right? <laughs> yeah. We found the best... We, we bought 25 connectors 
on you know sd card readers stuff like that on youtube we made a 15 minute video that thing got a million views and he made 10 grand a month that first month that it came out and from amazon affiliate links selling oh yeah yeah and he you know he had a product in there yeah, uh, yeah, because he, you know, he had all the products. You, ha- if you have an Amazon affiliate wake- link, the way it works is you, you, you use the URL. When somebody clicks it and buys that thing, you get kickback from that thing. And what's the kickback? Um, it changed. It used to be six percent. I, it might be two percent. I, I was don't gonna know. say they can definitely fuck people now. They like totally can. There's no way that they because they they have ever they have all the data. They have everybody. Yeah, it used to be it used to be high, but um. <laughs> But it Fucking goes even Jeff. further. So, like, for example, if the person was, like, did their grocery shopping for the week, had their thing in cart because they buy on Fridays, now you get an affiliate revenue for everything in that cart, not just the item. So if they had a couch or a $5,000 camera, he gets kickback 6% of that $5,000 camera. You know, like, that's how affiliate marketing works. It's crazy. Anyway, so that was one of the big business things that I brought to the table and helped him, um, you know... I guess, pioneer for his channel. And then he had another really cool business model where he did tours, where photography tours. He would take a bunch of people that would pay about 10 grand each, group of eight. So a trip would be well into the five figures in revenue. And they would go to Africa or Bhutan or Tokyo. Oh, or, wow. And, and they would... And he would have a five-day or two-week-long vacation scheduled for these people, and they would shoot wildlife or street photography, and like it would be amazing. That's sick. I was a really sick job. How much would you charge again? You just said it, but what was it? He? Uh, yeah. It was somewhere between like eight and twelve thousand. And like, that's on top of the cost of the trip. Uh, no, it was all inclusive. Actually, it was all it was an all-inclusive photography tour. And so, how many people again? What is like, he taking one? Seven to twelve, let's call it. So call it ten. Yeah, ten. He's taking ten people. You know, all inclusive. Let's mm-hmm. say he makes fifty percent. Right? I mean, that's yep. you know, that's a yep. forty thousand dollar two weeks. Exactly. No problem. Yep. And you get to go do it yourself and get content, dude. Exactly. Holy shit! And so we had sponsor integration, and dude, that made the quality of our content better because he, I didn't. I didn't go on any of those trips. There were other trips around the world that I went on with him, but I didn't go on any of those ones because they were just so long because they were two weeks instead of five days. Um, you didn't go on any of those? Dude, I... No, I should have. You're, you were bathing in fucking rivers I was in school. with bears you know, and shit. You and know you didn't why? go to fucking was, Africa with this guy? I guess I, I could have. I'm just making excuses, but it was during the school year. But but yeah, I, I was still in college. Working Fuck for, school. I know. That, oh, I know. That shit will be there forever. I know. I, hey, I went to Tokyo. I did a lot of crazy stuff. I, I did a lot of crazy yeah, stuff. I'm fucking with you. Yeah, cool. no, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and I, I wish I went to Bhutan. Someday I will. And anyway, um, yeah, working with him was amazing. Working with him allowed me to pay off all my... I graduated college without debt. Oh, that's amazing. amazing. Holy and I got shit. so... Dude, I got... Cra- at 20... Whenever I... Whenever you graduate college, 21, 22... I had so much stuff on my resume, my real, the brands I worked with, all this stuff. I was set. Um, and then crickets. <laughs> Dude, yo, when you graduate school, when you're away from the 18 years of structure and support and love mm-hmm. and we want you to succeed type of mentality and you go into the real world, dude, oh my God, is it dark. It's like I would sit on the floor and I would say, I would just like look up in the ceiling and be like, dude, I have nothing to do this week. There's no reason. So you had a home. I did. All right. Well, you're starting with something at least. Yeah. Uh, I, right. Um, and, you know, like I like 
there was it was just a complete lack of purpose. And um, so you were done with this guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, relationships and um, that I don't remember how it ended. We just just grew out of it. Yeah, we just grew out of it. I remember bickering a lot um, back then. I was, you know, I wasn't very easy to work with um, back then. Why? Um, opinionated for sure. I'm still opinionated, but I just articulate it differently. I was um, gonna say you. Yeah, that's like. You know, it shouldn't be surprising to hear because people develop their – I believe this. They yeah. develop their some of their best strengths in their life like as they grow older, like out of being a kid. Yeah. From things that were weaknesses as a kid. And it's not – there's plenty of cases where that's not the case. But I'm saying this is more, this is more common than people think. And yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me if like as a quote-unquote opinionated guy – you didn't have the ability to, like you talked about earlier, at all, do that thing where it's like, oh, he doesn't need that right now. I'm going to bookmark that. I did that not. F- right. One million percent. And you learned from this guy. Oh, yeah. Part, at least partially. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe that's where that's where I could have done it different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's all subconscious. That's not something I thought about organically. But, yeah, a subconscious, like, dude, like, yeah, obviously you're different from 20 to 25. I stay I stay in touch with him. We're we're friendly. We talk. He he answers my Instagram stories, stuff like that, and vice versa. Like like yeah, like like I had a lot of fun with him. Um, and I would love to see him again. He lives in China now. Isn't that crazy? He lives in China right I'm now. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, he loves it. He loves it. Um, he might have moved to Australia back where he's from, but um, I don't. Uh, last I yeah, saw, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same uh, latitude or longitude no that's not what i meant but okay we'll go with that <laughs> okay um then uh yeah after a period of nothingness i worked with other youtubers that one tried to scam me out of money i don't want to say their channel this is after college i'm just yeah after college trying to follow. Yeah. so this is when you were after sitting college. on the floor figuring out everything yes. was dark but yeah it, it, the light came in yeah like, okay i'm gonna work with someone now how'd that happen Honestly, that might have been Craigslist too. Actually, honestly, damn, it might. Craigslist dude, I was hero. a Craigslist hero. Yeah, I, dude, I took every job. I wrote great emails. I had crazy crap on my reel, like, and like, I just wanted five hundred bucks. You know, like, like, you know, just pay me a little bit, like, whatever. I'll do whatever. So yeah, I worked for a family vlog channel. Uh, two kids, two parents, and dude, oh my god, it was toxic. And so, so they. The the fight happened when I called them out on the uh, child abuse. Oh my God. Yeah, all right. No, I did not know this. So, okay. all right. Walk me through this. First of all, what was yeah, the channel name? I can't. I can't. Oh, you They're can't. still around. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah um, they're relevant. I thought I was they still exist. They still kind of get views. But um, how is all right? I need to start with this question. How is how old were the kids? First of all, uh, under five. Okay, three to five. How is organizing kids to be fucking an actor on camera against their will with money that they don't even know what's coming in? Yeah, how is that not? I mean, I, it's the same thing as like these people to put their dude. kids in fucking movies when they're five. But I know some of those people and I, I've yeah. known at least one before and like they were great about it and they just listened whatever the kid wanted. But these YouTube channels, they're not like a lot of them aren't like that. Let's put a small pin and talk about parenting really quick. I, I, this will lead into the... Uh, All right, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, you with just, me? I love how you said that. Let's talk about parenting. How many kids do you have? I have zero. Seven? No, 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 no. I, 
You have five. I have zero kids. I'm one <laughs> of four. I'm fucking. Five, I'm. I'm yeah. fucking with you, five, like left one, and right, five. and you're just taking it. In stride. I'm just it's taking it in straight. Okay, I'm glad. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of parents. I guess I can't talk because I'm not a parent, but like in the 80s and 90s when you had this like consumeristic society where people lived for the items and not a fulfilling life now they're raising kids and they're living vicariously through their children being what i call like a momager like a mom manager and like they're like no you have to live life like i didn't live it but the way that i'm telling you to live it so that i can feel fulfilled in myself and that's I feel like that's what happens in a lot of the world. You know, when you when when people say like, "Oh, they grew up on the on the TV watching video, you know, playing video games or now the TikTok generation things like that." It comes from this abandonment. There's an explanation for this. Okay, let's talk. Yeah. yeah. Let me There's learn. A, th- no, you you're walking right into my lines then on this in a Am good I, way. No, this accurate? is great. Okay. This is great. You're ve- you're dead on. Okay. And listeners, some people will be like, "God damn it, he's talking about it again." <laughs> but it's a great example to bring it up, so I'm going to do it. The, the fourth turning shit. You familiar with this? I have no idea what that is. I'm not going to walk you through the whole thing. Okay. I've done that like three times before on the podcast. So we said, check that out. But the short end of it is that there's these guys figured out that there's society moves in 80 to 85 year segments and it moves in four generations that repeat over and over and over again. And they're four different distinct types. And Got it. Those generations also come of certain ages, the four different types of ages, 0 to 21, 21 to 42, 43 to 64, okay. and 65 and above. They come of age during a specific time. So like I am at the back end of millennials, like the very back end. Yeah. So millennials are what's called – we're part of the – and I don't think we matched this, but we're part of the hero generation. We mm-hmm. actually – that's not fair. We do, but it's in a different form. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll get to that. Maybe I won't. But like they always come of age, meaning like 21 to 42 when you're coming of age in the crisis generation, right? So during a period of crisis, there's these – there's different things that happen. So you just talked about parents of of the, the kids who were raised in the 80s and 90s who are parents now, Yes, right? yes. Okay. Yeah. Those kids, their parents, many of them – were what you call nomads, okay? So nomads were one of the four types of generations that were born between, say, 1961 and like 1979 or 1980. Mm -hmm. And they're always the second part of the turning. And what happens with them is that they are raised by parents who are either the generation right before them or the generation, the back end of the generation right before that, who in different ways don't, they take for, and I'm really oversimplifying this, so you need to go read this if you're listening, to go really understand this and read the book, The Fourth Turning. But like, they don't take as much of an active role in parenting because either they had a very, if they were the back end of two generations ago, they had an extremely negative experience when they were coming up as a kid. And so they kind of were expected to fend for themselves and they expect their kids to do the same thing. Or they had an overly, they came into a crisis, but had an overly booming youth. And they're like, everything's gravy. Why the fuck can't my kid figure it out? Right. And so there's not, the point is the end result is that the parents don't, they're not overly like a, affectionate and and 
through the roof mm. with their kids on top of them. And so those kids never like there's a part of them that always wants to be a kid in mm -hmm. a way. And so you said it beautifully. You said they're living vicariously through their kids. They're living through their kids in an overly connected way that they wished they could have lived with their parents, right? Or their, their parents would have lived with them. And when they do it, they also, in the YouTube example here, turn towards the things that were maybe negatives to come out of voids in their life when they were kids, which is that they turned materialistic because they wanted to find love in something, right? They didn't get enough. They didn't get, even yes. if their parents loved them, they didn't get enough of it yeah. where they didn't get it in the right ways. Maybe their parents didn't know their fucking love language, but like either way, they didn't figure it out. And so now they're like, we're going to do that with our kids. And they get blinded by also capitalism and, yeah. you know, call it what it is. Like they're like, oh, and we can make money off it too. And I see these channels and I, I am Mr. No Hate, yeah. right? If someone builds an audience, like, I'm all about it. There are some exceptions to that where it's not hate, but I'm like, what are you really doing here? And I'll see these channels with fucking 700,000, 800,000 subscribers posting one to two videos a week that, you know, their subscriber to view ratio is so low because they're getting fucking 400,000 views on the latest video. And you yeah. look through all of them, they have a ton of views, like they should have more subscribers, but they still somehow get seven, 800 or 2 million or whatever. And I'm like, this, they're, they're openly like using their kid as like a fucking reality show. Mm. And to me... There's and, and I'm not calling out specific accounts. I'm sure some do it okay, but like there's no way to do that where especially once the parents become actively the directors and, and financially incentivized through it, there's yes. you see these stories over and over again. This is why I want to know about it from you after I've finished this bullshit monologue. But like it's important to lay the groundwork. Like you see these stories where you know how that kid's gonna turn so out. So now you know okay, so now we're all on the same page of why a parent would become something yeah. like this. This particular family vlog channel, um, I think the parent, the one parent, oh, dude, I can't even, like, a blue-collar background, let's just say. Dude, I, yeah, I, <laughs> okay. So a blue-collar background the father came from, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, but now he's making twenty to $30,000 a month off of the cuteness of his kid. Mm. Now what's going to happen when the views dip and they're 10 years old? You know, like, because, yeah. like, you know, they're not the cute little, you know, they're on um, TV talk shows and they get some viral clips. And I'm sure, you know, in today's age, they might be doing the TikTok thing. And I bet you today, they were talking about it back then. I haven't checked on this channel in a while, but I bet you t today, each of the kids have their own separate channels. I bet you, because I knew the parents had their own separate channels, too. With a few ten, they, they were a million sub channel. The, the other channels had... 50 to 150,000 subscribers. And I'm sure the kids now each, and I'm sure it's a media empire with minors ruled by the parents. But okay, mm. let's just say ethically the financials were like evenly split. Like, cause I don't know. Let's just say that was, that wasn't, that's not even the abuse I'm talking about. It's like the kid, the kid just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But they're putting up with their parents' bullshit. There was one one video. And what I, was your job specifically? I was the video. I was the same thing for Mac Rancher. It was just like, but also I. So you're a strategist too. Um. So for Matt, I was less of a strategist, but I developed that towards the end because you know you just yeah. grow into a job. This I kind of came into a strategist too. I dude, I wrote like a twenty page report on on how to grow a family vlog channel because they were in a rut. Their views were on the decline, and when I came in, the first video that we did together. 
thumbnail, video, everything, quality. It was their highest performing video of that year. And this was like December of that year that we published it. So, so like it was, it was immediately a hit. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm validated. Like my work's good. And, and that made the father who was the boss trust me. And, um, you know, we, he, he was like, oh yeah, we're going to give you revenue share. Like I was going to, I was making 15% of what they were making. I was making 15% of all their revenue. And so I was doing okay. It was, yeah. Until they tried to, they paid me through PayPal and tried to dispute it after. Isn't it crazy? They filed it. I, I won it. I kept my money. But anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> so um, you just skipped the line there. How'd this happen? We'll, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. Okay. Uh, all, right. it, it, all that comes from a fight derived from the abuse I witnessed. And it's, it's just um, multiple examples. You know, when, when you when you witness some abuse or something like that, it's subtle, especially when you don't come from a world where you that's recognizable. You, I can't identify. You know, I think everyone's as nice as I am, you know, but like when it happens 15 times, you're like. Oh wait a second! That person's an alcoholic. They're just functional, you know. And I'm saying the father, the father was not an alcoholic, but like, y- you know, you no, start ca- catching up, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, the the one thing that really kind of set it off was they were doing a um a, a hair straightening video. The girls had curly hair, and uh, I'm gonna warn you, okay? I have this is my job to be able to do this. Be careful how much you say. I know. Because the internet's a powerful place. Oh, I, know I know you know this, but I'm just reminding you while you're live talking about it. If There's you multiple wanna, children. If you want to keep this anonymous, you got to be careful how many details you give. Um, and uh, Hair straightening uh, video. And, yeah. And and the the mom like accidentally like, you know, burns like, oh, it hurts. And like the girls are already like putting up with like a full day of filming and stuff like that. Like... Um, and they're just, you know, they're not having it. And then she got like actually burned and she, and like the mom was just like, no, we gotta, we gotta finish this. We gotta finish oh, this. No. And I had this all on camera and, um, <clears throat> I, I go home and I'm feeling, I'm feeling shady. Like, did you sign a non-disclosure? No, of course not. So you could put out that content yeah. if you wanted to You know, to there's them. an edited 20 minute video I have of describing my entire account with them with footage and evidence yeah because what sucks is you'll fuck the kids and it's not their fault oh of course yeah i would never that's put what that sucks out. i would send it to you privately you know but like, that's what i'm saying like yeah. if you could just fuck the parents and not the kids that'd be Dude, uh, yeah exactly that kind of be a public service yeah yeah no the the dad was a monster man um okay so so, so they burn the kid <laughs> they burn the kid and anyway the, how old's the kid between three and five jesus Christ. yeah and their hair straightening hair makeup. straightener yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay. um and so um Anyway, I go home and I'm like, hey, I forget. Oh, you know what it was? He was micromanaging my edit because he used to edit the videos. Now he gave it to me. And he, he, he gave me um, something called a histogram in, in color correction. It, it shows you the exposure levels. He was like, this is underexposed or you have it dark. You have, you have the footage darker than, than it should be. And then he said this and... And I, I said something, I forget what. And then he writes me a text. He says, just so you know, you're replaceable. <laughs> so what did you do? I, you know, and so I was like, dude, I don't, I, I you know what? I was with my, I was with my friend when I got that text. You're what, like I, 23? Yeah, I was 23, 22. No, I was 22, 21 to 22. Okay. Um, so you're finished college. Finished college though, yeah. 
this is six months after college, let's call it. Got it. Um, and I, I'm a very calm person now, but back then I was a hothead. Um, and I was with my friend and I got that text and I was just going off the wall. He did not know I could get that violent with my words. I did not, I didn't call the guy. I, I don't know. Like I probably said some mean stuff back Like though. text? Yeah. Yeah. It lives forever, man. Um, oh, I didn't say anything like that. Like I just said like, yeah, no. Fuck it, you. Yeah. Fuck you. I didn't, I didn't say anything bad, bad. Um, like in terms of. Yeah, you didn't want to work. Stuff. You didn't want at that point. You didn't want work for this guy anymore. Oh though. no, I was done. I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Um. You know what? And and he said something ba- back, and trying to trigger me to go deeper. And I said, I'm not going to. I didn't. I ignored the text, and I think he wanted to do the good nature thing. And he he paid me the final payment what he owed me, which is interesting. And then he texted me something to trigger me and then he filed a paypal chargeback i disputed it and i kept the money but that's how it ended i have no idea how they're doing now but you don't check their channel no Never. i no not even like late at night like when you're thinking about no it. no no i don't think about that no not at all not one bit not one bit strong man yeah no i don't i don't do that i check max matt's like i want him to succeed um the other YouTubers that I looked at, I looked them up. I look like twice a year because I know they're less active now. But were you? By the way, I, and yeah. I might have missed this. Yeah, you were filming that with them live, right? Like you were there. Yes, I was physically for, there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was physically there, and it's just like, man, like, what are you? You know, and it's just like I don't, you know, I don't know what to do, and that's it. It's just like a, it's a power dynamic thing. So like I don't know what to do in that situation, and so I feel now as an adult, like having experienced crap like that, like I'm more assertive and whatever. But like when you're 22, it's just a power dynamic. You're just like, oh, what do you know? Like, yeah, and if for some reason you ever went to work with another family again or something before yeah. you ever start working with them, and you're talking about working with them, yeah you can use this as a guardrail example and be very upfront and blunt. Like, hey, I did this. These were things that cannot happen oh, if they dude, do. Fa- all family channels you. are trash. Yeah. All of them. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be the same Minors, yeah. 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 I, I mean, okay, it's okay for a YouTube vlogger to include their child, but their child cannot be the face of the channel, if that makes sense. What so, about that kid who, like, opens up everything? He's, like, the biggest... You know, I, yeah, the Ryan toys. Yeah. I don't know. I just, to me... I I have no idea how that dynamic is. I'm so I'm not going to have an opinion on it, but I know um cuz it's the same thing with child actors. Like I like there there's people there's crappy people out there and then there's people that might you know not take advantage of their kids and like you know I I don't know. I don't if know. If your kid wants to do it, that's and I've never had that experience. I've never had a kid and I've never had a kid then therefore who wants to like act when they're like four i don't know if that's like a, i assume maybe that's a thing but like you want you want them to go after the things they're good at and i'm talking about the ones where they want to do it not the ones where they're yes. also forcing it which yeah. happens yes. a lot like that's yeah. that's that's a fucking no-brainer that's yeah. worse but you know psychologically like guy a dude i have a lot of respect for a lot of respect yeah. for is justin bieber yeah right Justin Bieber blew up and had every fucking 13 to 18-year-old girl on his dick when he was like 12 years old, whatever he was, right? During his most formative years. Right. His most formative years. You don't think he's going to be a little fucked up from that? 
Yeah. You don't think like some shit's going to happen, like he's going to make some mistakes? Of course he is, right? And like he seems to become a fucking somewhat nice, like decent human being with like he's married and shit. Yeah. Like, and she's hot as hell. That helps. But I'm saying like he he seems to have gotten himself through all that to like a point where he's functional. And I'm sure he deals with his shit behind the scenes because I don't give a fuck who you are. You, me, anyone. No one's equipped to deal with that. I, I know somebody who is in part of Justin Bieber's camp. Um, you know, I'm, I'm friendly with him. Not Bieber, the, the person that was part of the camp. And you know what a camp is? A camp. I, I love this word camp. I talk about this sometimes. Do you? Go ahead. Yeah. Dude, it's a crew of invisible <laughs> chaperones. When did we start this? Camp. It's camp. <laughs> like a bunch of fucking people in, in, in tents sitting around. Like Literally. Their jobs are never to be seen by Justin Bieber, by Selena Gomez, you know, whoever. Like, Except except the homies. The homies are yeah. there playing Xbox with them. They got to be seen. Right. Because they include those well, people no. in camps now. Like when I, the media okay. reports, according to his camp, it could really? be like his buddy who's like ripping a joint with him. Like, yeah, Justin uh, thinks well, this. Yeah, well, that's all. Yeah, camp could even mean the wife. But yes. no, the, the industry term for camp is the invisible people that when Justin Bieber books the, well, when his camp books a hotel, <laughs> his favorite $3,000 worth of juices are already in the fridge. His favorite slippers, the, the his, his teddy, teddy bear, you know, all, all his stuff is already there. Wasn't, he wasn't completely you not know. fucked up. And so, you know, I mean, and, and so, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and I had a conversation with this guy and I said, you know, that, that feels like hell. Imagine never having to struggle because like, the, the purpose of life is to overcome and succeed. And when you never have to struggle to get what you want, that sounds like hell because you don't get everything. And now he couldn't comprehend that because he was like, we pamper him. We give him everything he ever wants. But when you get everything you ever want, everything becomes worthless. Yeah. That's why I bathed in the freaking river, dude, because I realized, wow, when I retract and I limit my stimulus and all the good things in my life, like this river bath, even though I'm shivering, is like amazing, you know, because I got to like struggle and, and you know, it's short, short it's stimulated. I have so many privileges in my life and uh, I don't mean to like mi- minimize that, but like and minimize other people's problems. But no, I know it's, it's, it's this kind of thing where like when you get to actually struggle, overcome that struggle and and achieve something that means a lot and when you have everything given to you it's it's hard <sighs> another great topic right here yeah right another great topic i it also has to do with when like yeah justin <clears throat> blown up he was like 12 or 13 whatever it was it's like before puberty, you know, like his struggle, like he was, he worked his balls off when he was like eight or nine. And then yeah. like, he worked like a madman. He was like, a YouTuber. Yeah, he had, exactly. He had those and he did it himself. It wasn't like his mom, like in the videos, right. like he was literally like, no, I'm going to play music and fucking put it out there. And Usher found him. But like, right. it's almost lucky for other people that that happens later. Like, let's look at another guy who has his own struggles clearly and is like, open about it literally with how he looks like post malone put who i love i talk about post malone a lot, yeah but I like, like i like him too post malone and i've known i think like six different people who are connected with him 
like first person. So, and none of them know each other or two of them know mm-hmm. each other, but all the others don't. Right. Like they all say the same things and like what an amazing dude he is. And like, he still talks about like all his issues and whatever, but a lot of that is like himself, right? Like that's just kind of, that was his own insecurities that already existed because he seems to have to me and I'm, reading this from the outside and from what I hear, so take this for what it is. He seems to have a way better understanding of what was versus what is and what matters. And, you know, I, I guess his expectations of the world around him. Right. And so you think about why it's really, to me, like it's not that hard to quantify. He blew up when he was, 21 something like that like he moved out to la with nothing lived on a cot in a closet and his buddy who was a successful gamer he had made it like he's not like a major celebrity but he had money he had a nice house he said that back room he was a yours. gamer yeah do you know i forget his name but oh. I'll, I'll was he a professional I'll, athlete or a professional gamer or, or yes, youtuber or? yes he was something like that wow, cool. we'll look it up okay. after but he was like yeah austin come out you know i i want you to try to make it he gave him a room and so post, I love, I've told this story before, but I, I love the story of Dre London, post manager, talking about the minute he knew post was going to make it nice. and the, the minute he wanted it. He went over to post house. Well, it wasn't his house, but he went over to this kid's house where post lived and he went into post room and he, it was a make, it wasn't that big of a room. It was a makeshift studio. He had, he had some official equipment, a lot of stuff, like a sock on some shit and whatever. Like he was making it all work. And this is where he recorded White Iverson, I believe. I think. I'm not sure about that. I think it was. And Dre looked over in the closet and he saw a cot in the closet. And he realized that this dude used the room he was given as a studio. Mm-hmm. Put whatever sense he had into it. Yeah. And put his fucking sleeping cot in the closet yeah that's awesome because he wanted it that bad and like he was old enough to know like i have nothing i dropped college wasn't for him he dropped out of college like his freshman year he went out here to do this he's fucking drinking bud lights and living off of bud lights and cigarettes and basically this guy's couch this cot in the closet and like then he made it you know and so he already had his own struggles and whatever and still maintains that but like his joy and his understanding of that when you listen to him talk seems to be a lot deeper strictly because he got to wait till he was older like he got to grow up he was the weird kid right like who was interested in all kinds of cool shit right you know he got to go through high school and be the normal whatever he has the high school yearbook photo guys like justin bieber people like uh, girls like miley cyrus like they didn't have that they They did not develop yeah they grew up and so when I look at these people and I, I see some examples of people who seem to at least have some grasp on things now, like even if I hear that there's still some weird shit behind the scenes, of course there is. It's like, do they have some semblance of understanding? And when I see that, I, yeah, I'm, I am very impressed with it because it's like even if their parents remained active and were good parents, you, know, you can't control the mob, man. Like, once the mob has you, you don't have parents anymore. The mob are your parents. Yeah. Raised by the public eye. Yeah. Dude, it's amazing. Look how much purpose. Like, when you find your purpose, you're going to do anything to accomplish it. It's pretty, like, you know, sleeping in the closet that you're recording your album in. That's pretty freaking awesome. Like, I mean, discovering your purpose, recognizing it. That's the hard part. Recognizing it. 
and dedicating to yourself, like dedicating to it. And then um, Seth Godin, do you know the author Seth Godin? Of course. Great. His book, The Dip, you mm-hmm. got to, you know, like you, uh, the concept is, is when you start, hypertrophy is easy. It's easy to gain muscle easy, but then you're going to plateau and you're not even going to plateau. You're going to regress yes. in your pursuit of that purpose. But in that dip is when everybody quits, but the people that persevere and push through that dip become, I can't say they become Post Malone, but they find the success in, they find the success in the purpose that they're striving for. And that's so beautiful because, you know, we have, um, there's so many mixed messages about this too. There's some people that we say we though they don't know when to give up or there's people that are like, oh, hustle, 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 you know? And so like, there's all of this confusion of, um, you know, when do you give something up? Because look at me. I'm saying, hey, give up fast, right? I said that the first third of this podcast was dedicated to I give things up quickly, right? Uh, the Remember the billionaire said – Yeah, you give, said that. Right? I, I want to come back to that, but okay. Yeah, I, right, I give things up quickly, right? Because my heart or soul, whatever tells me, yeah, this is not my purpose. This does not – serve the the direction in life that i want to go in i thought there might be something here i explored it it's done let's move on to this right but when you find that purpose and you're driven to go towards it um yeah it's it's a powerful thing and that's the guiding light because even even when you know like when you when you know it there's there's nothing that can stop it yeah, let, let's let's go back directly at that quote though, because I yeah. think, and maybe it was right after this, maybe it wasn't, but I'm putting it all together in my head right now. I think I started to talk about off that point that honest question with yourself, where it's like, "Am I good at this?" Or like, you know, yeah. whatever. I I I kind of get afraid of quotes like that, and you said that was a billionaire who told you that, obviously. Only one I ever met. Yeah, I, that I know of. <laughs> I, I'm gonna meet one next week, and I, cool. I think I, I, I've sat with a couple before, but I probably couldn't appreciate it when I did it. So this is gonna mm. be the first time where I could really have an appreciation of it. But it's a dangerous quote to me because it can be used. Also similar to to the point I asked you about where it's like, well, do you use that as an excuse just to move on to the next thing? It can be used as that. I think if if I were extrapolating what he probably meant, seeing as he's a billionaire and I assume he's obviously extremely successful and earned it all for himself like or herself, whoever it is. Like they – when they did hit the stride where they felt they loved it and like they're good at it and that combination met and people want it. Like those three coming together, that triumvirate, they there wasn't anything that was going to stop them. They weren't going to be like, oh, we hit a we hit a rut, and that must mean this isn't the thing. We're going to move to the next thing. That's the dangerous part about that. Like the move fast and break shit is dangerous when you're constantly just breaking shit and moving fast, and you're never breaking through shit. Mm-hmm. So like, I try to be careful with that because, I mean, shit, man. Like I I didn't get listeners on this thing till seven months in. Right. You know, like imagine if I had been like, oh, it's not working. And mm-hmm. and it, by the way, yeah. like it, it wasn't. And well, you, you, you knew build. this was your purpose yes. to some extent, right? I, I Dude, think. Because I, I hope, I don't know. like, what is it? Like purpose is the motivation, the engine that makes things run even when like the su- success isn't in front of you, you know, like isn't visible mm. yet, you know? It's the, the, the purpose that you felt 
ran the car that had no gas. You know, that was the engine that drove, that turned the tires. I don't have the purpose to be a podcast host. Of course, I would quit after the first episode that I ever host, you know, yeah. uh, unless I felt some sort of magic in, in me. Um, but, you know, um, I think what he meant and uh, what I mean when I say um, the the whole, hey, you could take mine. <laughs> um, this is very one sided. <laughs> I see what you're doing to me. <laughs> no. Um, I think what he meant is like, look, when you, you'll know quickly if something's serving your purpose or not. And if you meant to abandon it, then so be it. It's not the right time. And then, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the direction. It's just, you have to, you have to have the nuance like we want to give all these one-liners on stuff me and you included right and that's the easy thing in life to try to boil it all down to yeah. one thing and i i think i understand exactly what that person meant and obviously like they probably backed it up in their life but you have to at least have the the nuance of well part of it is also the the decision making of are you in the right zip code at least right like have you gotten your you're in the right country. That's kind of a given. You better be right there. Right. You're also probably in the right state, but oh, fuck, now you're in the right zip code. So even if it's like you got to change a little bit, you're staying in this in the same lane of what it is you're doing right now so that it's not like, oh, you know what? I was going to be a rock climber today. Tomorrow, I'm going to run an insurance brokerage. Yeah, right? well, the, pers the person that believes that sort of thing hasn't found their purpose because once you find your purpose, you're going to do nothing yeah. but align yourself like to to be successful in that position and you know it's just like um you know then the, then the next question is like oh how do you get your family involved or your spouse involved it's just like well i mean the, the tough thing to figure out is you have to find and surround yourself with people that are aligned and willing participants to enable you to pursue that purpose you mm. know if you have an unwilling participant in your life it's not gonna work you know and then you're gonna be asking those questions like oh what do i do you know um, what should, do I, what do I choose? Work-life balance. When, when you have a willing participant that enables you in order to succeed and pursue your purpose, it's a, it's a joint venture because they're kind of pursuing it too. That's a really important point, man. That's a really fucking important point. Yeah, man. Every relationship, every romantic relationship I ever had that has ended, has ended because we looked at things differently in mm. that regard, you know? So like, like in your career, especially? Yeah, yeah, careers. Careers, yeah. yeah. You know, um, it's just like, I, especially back then, I was very go, 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 like workaholic type mm -hmm. and whatever. And the person was just like, just chill, man. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and then in another relationship, it's just like the opposite where I'm just like, I'm going to wait this out. I'm gonna, All I'm going to do is sit here, do nothing and read some books. And that's what I did during the pandemic. And that didn't work for that person, you know? And so like, that's when you find someone and you can, and they're aligned with your purpose, they recognize it and they enable you. And they're the keyword, the willing participant in your, in your drive, in your purpose, what propels you dude? that's, that's what creates successful people. When I was in film school, I didn't, you know, I joke, I lost all my friends because I was the Gary Vee type trying to make money. But really, they were unwilling participants because they saw marketing as prostitution of art. And so mm. I got reached out to last week on LinkedIn by somebody from film school that I knew was in the camp that <laughs> that didn't like me. And they were just like, oh, this career pivot. 
it's interesting. What made you so successful? And I'm staring at it. And I'm just like, do I, do I answer it? And I did. I did it thoughtfully. I said, you know, I, I, I talked about a little bit of my backstory, a couple paragraphs, and I sent it. And I knew that my PTSD brain, like, oh, a bunch of people might hypothetically hear about this, you know. And so, like, um, but I you was. You cared about that? Yeah, I think because it, like, it affects me. Yeah, it, I do. And I, I, I need to let go. And I think I'm letting go because I'm surrounding myself with these new willing participants because before I was in this empty void where the old way didn't work and I haven't discovered the new, the new way of life. I'm, I was in this cavern. I knew the, the old way was unacceptable, you know, of my life. And then the, the, the new discoveries haven't been made in order, the community that I surrounded myself with. And when I found you, when I found John Rondi, when I found Gavin Aiden, when I found like uh, the people that I'm surrounded by today in the last, in 2021, you know, my other friends, like, Josh Boone, who's a co- podcaster, um, you know, Sam McNerney. Like, I have a amazing network of friends that I've made through the internet over COVID who are willing participants in my mm. purpose, and they they think like me, and the internet help, helped me bring them to them. I wasn't sco- stuck in an art school where everyone looked at me funny, and I, I was a prick to them, and, like, you know, like... And you're worried about, but that's the thing, like you're worried about when you sent that kid a, a message back, you're worried about, oh, the other people are going to see this. And it goes like, yeah. you, talk, you talked earlier about not caring about that validation anymore, but the the old stuff that bothers you still will come up. And yeah. that's still... I think mm. about it every day. I think about it... So like, that one you do. Yeah. You know, like the high school stuff, that's long ago, but it's subconscious. It drives a Got lot it. of stuff in my, the all of my behavior is that is because of that and um because of being canceled in high school over you yeah i guess you could say that yeah canceled in high school it's hilarious <laughs> canceled before it's cool yeah. and then um and then the you know the, the the college stuff when i was like trying to make a living and dude here it, it was crazy because in film school they teach you how to be an artist how to be a poor sundance striving starving artist yeah dude they like glamorize that in any way like and then everyone's like how are you going to make money, you know, there? Waiting tables. Oh, dude, it, it's sad. Like, I don't know how many people I graduated with that are actually working in this field. And it's really sad because I feel like as a creative, I mean, the amount of money that's out there, like they're going to replace like certain traditional high paying jobs as now the next generation of high earners because everyone knows, hey, to 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 be capitalistic you have to be t- able to tell good stories to be successful in business and and generate revenue you have to relate to people you have to make connections you have to make stories dude writers designers um like uh f- videographers editors all these people um they they could potentially be top earners and i see it around me i see so many creatives making so much money i make a lot of money there's no reason a filmmaking bfa major should be making money <laughs> like that i do and it's it's this ridiculous thing where i'm like wow i have something valuable to say these people have something valuable to say if they can break through that mold that hey you know making money on your art is okay you're not feeding some sort of you're not feeding uh electronic arts or bank of america you know you're, you're like you don't have to you could help local businesses i and you're feeding by the way uh-huh. i gotta say this you're feeding them some of this shit 
that you struggle with yourself because you understand that because you think like that where you're like uh, mm. I don't want to put this public I don't want to make but you know what I mean mm-hmm. like where you have that creative gene yeah. but you know how to go, because you and I'm just taking this away yeah. correct me if I'm wrong because you know that yeah. struggle because you think that way when you go to other creatives that you're the consigliere for right mm-hmm. like you're mm-hmm. you're you're the Tom Hagen for these people right you're saying like a relationship with you yeah okay. but, well me it could be anyone else yeah. like you you speak their language so that even when they yeah. pull out a weakness like that that you share just because you share it and maybe can't always handle it right yourself, yeah. you know what you're supposed to do. And so you can give that to them and they feel like they're understood because you get it. I do. yeah. I, and I don't always get it, but I, I try to. And like story is, is everything and, and connecting and being human. This is all important stuff. And I mean, I think one of my purposes in life is really to help creative individuals find their financial independence because, dude, I know so many people. I had a friend text me the other week who I haven't talked to in six or seven months. He texted me, yo, I just paid off all my federal loans. And I texted back. I was like, dude, that's so amazing. Because I knew he was working for that since he graduated in 2017. He's been working on that for a very long time. That's awesome. And and he grew up in in an environment where his family was not financially, um, you know, they taking on a lot of debt, not being conservative with their money. You know, like they weren't, they weren't responsible. And through watching my behavior, my relationship with money, he started asking questions. I real dude, the biggest mistake, which is a blessing that I learned in college is that people do not like being given advice. I used to want to give advice. I, I used to do the successful stuff and be like, Hey, all you kids that, um, that, I look up to that. I want to bring you up with me. Nobody, mm. nobody wants to be brought up with you because they see us patronizing. And dude, that yes. was such a mistake I made because I thought I'm going to get you a paycheck. I'm going to get you. I'm you wanted get... to be Gary V. Um, no, I didn't. In that respect, uh, maybe you're not. You're nothing like him. I'm yeah. saying in that respect. Yeah. What does Gary V do? He pulls everyone up through his content. So you're yeah. like, well, I'm going to go out of my world I as see. a 21 year old and pull people up. Yeah, and like I, dude, and like they took my the money that I tossed their way, but they did it begrudgingly because they saw it as patronizing. And I, I didn't recognize that. And dude, there were people that like, you know, I try to help out, but they just saw it as like, look at you, like in a position to help out, you know, I don't, I didn't ask you for your help. And so I stopped, you know, being that type of assertive in that way, like Mm. it very powerful lesson. Again, probably why I'm good at what I do today is I let people, I, I don't like, the, I don't want to say I lead by example because that, I don't, that's not really relevant here. But I I do something and then let I'll help people when they ask for that help and yes. when they ask, dude, that's so important. You have to be the willing participant to the, you know, to Un, unsolicited advice is a is Ooh. a treacherous dude, trail uh, to repeatedly yeah. travel. People don't like that. I like know? that quote and, yeah. and like. You know, <laughs> whenever something even comes across as advice on this show, if it's not something really simple, let me tell you advice, right? Like, <laughs> like if it's and it's and it's second nature, like it makes me cringe because I'm like, I don't even fucking listen to myself. Like people, like what? Like listening to me? But there are a lot of people who think that uh, maybe they don't actively think it, but apparently every single thing they say is is exactly what you should do. And they're a genius about everything, and and they understand life. And it's like, 
there's advice that can be great one year and three years later, now it's no longer great. You know, things change, society changes, people change. And what, when we were talking about your communication habits earlier and like ways that you're a good listener and can compartmentalize and move things back that you'll come back to and whatever. That's Where did a, that come from? Yes. It came from, the, now I'm putting it mm-hmm. together, like it came from you being the person that you used to be able to have. Yeah all the answers and now you're like that doesn't necessarily need to be what it is instead if there are some things and you do this so i'll put this on the record if there are some things that you know you actually know to be true which Mm -hmm. as a quote-unquote youtube expert in this case like yeah there are things you know about youtube i'm not a youtube expert no Uh. i'm gonna tell you you are but like there are things that you know yeah. that maybe the first time talking to someone like me or talking to someone like John or whoever you're talking to, like a creator, it's not – you know they're not going to get it or they're right. not going to want to – maybe they don't want to hear it, but it's also like it won't process to them right away. So instead of telling them – and you definitely did this with me at least three or four times. Mm-hmm. Instead of telling them mm-hmm. what it is – you find a way to ask questions to get oh, them yeah, talking yeah. to guide them yes. to come to their own <laughs> answer without them realizing it. Now, I'm a pro because I do this for yes. a living. So yes. I And I actually really appreciate When someone's doing yes. it, I'm like, oh, this guy yes. gets it. So I knew you were doing it with yeah. me the first time I talked with you. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's one of those. I love this. And so there were like four times where I'm like- I've gonna, never said that to you, right? I'm, I've never said that. That's what no, I do. I do. I'm gl- Wow. Dude, I'm very impressed that you picked that not, up. Well, I better. This yeah, is what I do. Yeah. But like, you know- I'm like, by the end of our conversation, I'm like, well, fuck me. I am going to spend five hours a week on thumbnails now, aren't I? And here I am. Five months later, I do. And it's funny, but it's also like the numbers don't lie. It's true. Like, that's what it needed to be. And when the conversation started, I like just having, I like the tertiary shot. It's simple. I put the fucking text up here. Boom. Episode number there. What's not to like? It's mm-hmm. it's like easy to swallow. And you're like, but it doesn't get attention. And you didn't even say, because it doesn't get attention. You're like, what's your click-through rate looking like? <laughs> and I'm like... It fucking blows when I'm not going viral on TikTok. Like, oh, yeah. And you're like, oh. And, and you're like, well, have you thought <laughs> Dude, about? You're making like, me sound like Dude, an asshole. I swear no, I didn't no, ask no, it like no, that. No, 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 no. You didn't ask it like You were so nice about it. But like, I'm like, this motherfucker, he's right. Because all I'm thinking of, like even me, like who doesn't do anything else and hasn't seen the sun in two years, I'm still thinking about ways I can save time to do the things I'm good at. And then it's like by the end, you're like, nope. I need to, uh, there's an extra four or five hours a week that now needs to be dedicated to this. And right away, even this struck right when I got the ban on TikTok and I went into my lull for a while. When I was in my lull and my numbers were down, I noticed that all my click-through rates on my native clicks, which are things not being generated from a TikTok video going Mm -hmm. viral, Mm -hmm. which is what I had relied on, all the numbers were up about four to 700%. Wow. Based on... A combination – well, I'll even say it was the thumbnails because my title sucked. Like mm-hmm. I still don't think my titles are okay. good. But like at first when I was trying like your way, I'm like – I was overthinking it. Right. And instead of thinking of it the way I think of a lot of TikTok titles that I was good at because they're not titles. They're little captions. I was thinking, well, what's the smartest thing I could say? And that's not the way to do it. So now I feel like I'm a little better at that. But for a while, like those numbers were literally strictly the thumbnail. So even if the overall numbers were down, that was that had nothing to do with YouTube. That had to do with me driving outside mm-hmm. people to YouTube. So I had a chance to see, oh, wait, I know what my native click-throughs look like before I get a video rolling that gets people here. 
I knew what the, I, I knew what those numbers were. And now I'm looking at them like, holy shit. So I saw the result, but that was a result you already knew. It's data. Mm-hmm. It's and mm-hmm. it's shit you've looked at a hundred million times. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, Hey, listen up, you fucking moron, mm-hmm. your thumbnail sucks dick. Mm-hmm. Like do it this way instead. You're gonna do a lot better. Mm-hmm. You were like, Well, you know, what's your click through looking like? Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's really interesting. So like how, where did it start? <laughs> and like I'm sitting there and I'm answering all and I'm like, Motherfucker, oh, I'm really no. gonna do this, aren't I? And I'm grateful for it because you wow. weren't like, No, this is this is how it is, you're doing it this way. That's when even even for someone like me who knows what's going on because I'm a psycho and think about that shit because I do conversation like I appreciate that when it's happening that way. And I imagine all the people who who aren't wired to think like that, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much everyone else, like they definitely they don't realize it, but they appreciate the hell out of it. Could we reiterate what that is? Because I maybe went on a tangent and and just people didn't click essentially to get if you okay you can't give advice to a person. But if you ask them leading questions, they're – when I work with people, I know each individual is probably at minimum as smart as I am and that they can come to the conclusions that I came to. You just have to enable them, give them the ammo, and, and prime their brain enough for them to come to that conclusion. And so, yeah, I, I would ask you questions that would make you think you would come up with your own answers – I would ask you another question, and then eventually the answer clicks, and that's uh, that's what I do for a day job. You also said though, somewhere in there, yeah, I forget how you said it, but it was it was good talking about not just the people you surround yourself with, which is another conversation mm-hmm. we can go to, but also like your closest relationships, like your family yeah. or like your significant other and stuff, and having. Fuck, what was the phrase you used? Like, willing participant? Yes. 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 Willing, right? Yes. I find when I look at not content creators, I'm saying like anyone who works hard at anything, there is a common thread of people who don't seem to under, have an understanding of what their partner or you know, people they're they're looking to partner up with, what base level expectations should be. Right. And if there's one thing I'm grateful for before doing this, and maybe it's because I didn't do it when I was 21, because I fucking wouldn't have known this at all, but I knew coming in, like, hey, I said, assume you're making $0 for three years from the day you launch. Mm-hmm. And assume... You can't hire anyone to do anything. You're going to have to do all this. I'm like, I have no time for anyone. And so like, you know, there was – and there were some blessings in disguise there. You know, there were, there was someone I was seeing right before the pandemic and it wasn't – she mm-hmm. was great. But like it wasn't – definitely wasn't going to be the one or anything. Yeah, and I it's call- like I made that – I made that – I want to make sure I said this right. I made that decision and then I started. Nice. And now I'm thinking to myself, once I started, I'm like, well, how do I handle – someone coming into my life and expecting what anyone else expects, which is like an actual relationship with a willing participant from my end. How do I handle that knowing that I am, but that I'm also in the quote unquote thick of it right now. And in order for me to get that long-term vision of having freedom and therefore freedom to give another woman my attention as she deserves – there's going to be a period here where I can't do that at all. And oh, by the way, this is when someone's supposed to come into my life. Like that does not, for me, that does not click at all. So I have 
and I mean this like in a great way, I have zero expectations of any women as far as like what they could get from me because it's like whenever I've been in a relationship and I'm talking even like, you know, which was most of what I've had in my life where it's like six, 10 week kind of things, they get my full attention. I am yes. very good about that right? because it's not like I'm going to like roll over and ignore the rest of my life and, and do it that like, that's not the way to go. But that balance of how do you, how do you make sure that like they are the priority and like you, their needs are fulfilled and you're happy doing it. Right. I don't sitting in a seat like mine, or if you're someone who's like an entrepreneur or something, building a company or trying to make it in something like, I don't know how the fuck you do that. Uh, yeah, I guess it goes back to that willing participant. It's sacrifice. Everything worth having has sacrifice attached to it. And you have to figure out what you're willing to sacrifice to build a meaningful relationship. You have to sacrifice something in order to mm -hmm. build that meaningful relationship. And everything you say yes to means you're saying no to something else. Mm. So when you do that, you know, you just pick what's valuable to you at the time. What helps you pursue that purpose? That's a really succinct answer. It's also pretty good. And it, but it might oversimplify it a little bit. I'm not even saying it's it has anything wrong with that. I think that was pretty much 100% correct. But it's still a trade-off of like, let's say Miss Wright walks into your life, right? And you know it. But you're like, okay, in order for us to have the life that we want to have, where it's not, you know, you're fucking a billionaire or anything. You, you, like, I'm a, I'm a simple guy. I don't need that. But, like, where you don't have to worry about, like, how we pay in the bill next week. Mm -hmm. And we're happy and, like, going to, and enjoying getting after it every day, whatever it is, and having the balance of seeing each other and, and doing our thing. Like, in order to get there, for example, like, right now, can't be like that. So how do you, like, you're, you're actively, in my case, doing it. Right. So you have the vision, you know, like, all right, three years from now, you know, we're going to be chilling. Mm -hmm. But right now, that's not how it is. And they don't, they're not in here every day. They don't, they can't see that. They, they may be at a different point in their life. They may have a different person. Of course, they're going to have a different personality. Like they're going to have different questions and they're going to be like, oh, well, how does this turn out? Well, what are we doing right now? Well, how does that translate to the future of our relationship? There's so many things. And it's like, I never had to deal with that because I never was building something on my own. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't like the lights are on yeah. or off because of me. Right. And so it was always like, yeah, fuck yeah, no problem. I'm, even if I'm working hard, I'll make some fucking time. You know, they, it's it's not, the ship isn't sinking when I'm doing that. But now it's like, well, if I don't, if I'm not working like that, we don't get this. Mm -hmm. And then they, the, the chart that we talked about, like you and me, where it's like, ooh, 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 yeah. It, like, no, no, it just fucking fizzles flat. out. Yeah. I mean, when it like it, when it's meant to happen it happens like that's cheesy answer oversimplifying it you could poke holes in it but yeah like it's just right time right right place and i think an easier way to describe that is each i've had two serious relationships in my life and each one of them i don't see them as breakups i see them as graduations because we found each other at a perfect time and we were right for each other at that time we molded each other. I grew so much from the two major relationships I had. And at the point of separation, we graduated from needing each other. We became two independent people. So those two relationships I had, I have so much love for those individuals, even though I haven't communicated with them in potentially years. 
I still to this day love them very much because of who they helped me become. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty important to me. And I just see it as, hey, I graduated because of you into a better human being. It's a great visual. It's a positive way of looking at it. That's a very positive spin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of us, I, I'll speak for myself too, especially like I always look at things as a learning experience, yeah. right? Like I think I'm one of those people that can look back and say, well, that sucked, but I did pick up this, this, and that. And I had to go through this, this, and that afterwards and that I wouldn't have wanted, but I did get this out of it. You know, like I'm, I'm always looking for a silver lining, but to actually put it like you're graduating and both people are in yeah. a way. So it's like fair. That's interesting to me. Yeah, both. I mean, both situations where we separated, like, you know, um, it, they could happen in different amounts of uh, how amiable it is, how nice of a separate, how clean cut it is. But like when I got this, this <clears throat> the second relationship I'm referring to, I got dumped over the phone, over a year long relationship, thir- 13 minute phone call. And, you know, it was sad. It was a call. Yeah, <laughs> not a text. Uh no, I was also in a different state and she was like, oh, I want, like, I want, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, after I hung up, obviously you're upset, you're sad, but like, I was like really proud of her. I was like, oh. I was like, wow, she did not, ha- I know so many people in relationships that just hang on to it because, well, I mean, being lonely yeah. is worse, you know, like, yeah. and so I was like, wow, she did the thing. Like, you know, and, and so like, I was really proud of that. I'm like, because I, I don't want to be somebody's limiting factor like just sever the ties that's fine and so like she graduated away from me even though i didn't see it like equally i'm like yeah i guess this is meant to be i mean she obviously had nothing left to contribute into my life if she saw it that way how quickly did you see it that way oh it was like instant it was it was really instant so even in the pain of getting yeah. off the phone yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was that day yeah it was you in, saw it that way 100 yeah wow yeah yeah no i i mean yeah of course i was sad because when you when you're familiar with something you become comfortable with something it's very difficult yes. for us to experience change so yes. obviously there's hurt there but i was not i was not upset like i i was not crippled i was not crippled by it and i just moved on and i accepted it and uh you know, I like I did that thing where you contact her one more time. She was like, "Yeah, no." I was like, "Okay, yeah, and yeah, peace with it." Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Because oh, you yeah. kind of had your, in a way though, you at least had the closure of you did talk about it on the phone. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like well, yeah. It was you also, see some worse ones. It should have like a text. Or, and somebody would be like, "Wow, a year long relationship. You should do that over like in person." But the thing is, a four hour conversation in person where you're like actually upset and you're you know like you suck. Yeah, that sucks because I experienced but, the, you know. It also can help. I mean, it can when help. people do say that, it's totally. like, that is a form, it sucks, yeah. but that is a form of closure, right. you know? Form of closure. Um, and yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, so I, I, I see relationships ending as a graduation and making room for whatever new opportunity, you having the room and capacity in your brain to, you know, start a podcast. You know, it's the... You have more opportunity in front of you than you have capacity. You know, that brings confidence. But then, like, you you also created capacity by, I guess, having lack in your life to fill that up with something new and meaningful. This graduation term sticking with me because when you look at the plan of life, when things are put in front of us that, quote-unquote, everyone does – 
and it's like at a certain time, age, whatever, and it's a schedule and it's like, oh, that's how it goes. You, you do it, right? So, oh, you go to school, you graduate eighth grade, you graduate high school, you graduate college, you graduate at approximately 14, 17, 18, 21, 22, whatever it is, right? And then you're out and now, oh, you get a job and then yeah. you earn this and that and then you get a family by the – like – once it even starts getting past like the graduation of college, now it gets to things where it's not a set date anymore, but it's a set idea and a time period. And so people get very bogged down on trying to match those things. And so then especially when you get out into the real world and you're in your 20s and you're trying to figure it out and you have ambition and, and you're fucking around with a lot of shit and, and mm -hmm. figuring what you're good at, what you're bad at. In the middle of it, forming all relationships, fucking things up, doing well with things. Yes, there are people who find their person and it right. works and it's yes. great. There's plenty of people like that and that's awesome. Um, but there are also a lot of people who then suddenly want to turn the schedule of life into the same things that the graduations of college and high school and eighth grade were and say, well, I'm 26 or 27 and this person is hot enough and you know oh what? Oh my gosh, how, do. you know so many people. I know so many people like that. Bro, she'll do, I'll, or if you're yeah. a girl, he'll do or, you know, same sex, that whatever, like yes. they'll do. And so I can say to my friends, you know what? I'm with somebody, they can at least, someone in this world can stand me enough, my fucking dick works, and boom, we're happy, we have a few pictures on Instagram together, we're gonna get engaged, I got her a 13 fucking thousand dollar rock, 20,000 dollar rock, we're gonna do the whole wedding thing, there's gonna be people standing up there, you're gonna take more pictures, we're gonna go fuck on the honeymoon and have kids, and you know what, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I like them, yeah. I like them a lot, that must be enough, that's love, right? Yeah. And then... Yep. Oh, fuck, wait. <laughs> now I'm 40 and I'm looking at every other fucking person walking around and saying, she's got a nice ass, that's a great rack. Oh my God, wait, why am I not interested in my wife? And oh, fuck, I have kids, they're listening to me? That's that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I see so many people who are either already at that age right there or they're going to be and, right. they're, and they're settling and they're doing it because they want things on a schedule. And maybe it's like... The entrepreneur in me who doesn't operate like that and just builds and like focuses on one thing and like yeah. says, all right, we're going to we're going to fail and succeed and fail and succeed over and over and like kind of get there to the point where we're succeeding more and we fail. Like maybe that's me just being lasered in and being like, well, fuck that, which is a which is a gift in a way that some of us have. Or maybe it's just like it doesn't need to be a gift. And if you just have some common sense and have the balls to accept that change happens and embrace it like you did, things can be easier because it's amazing to me. And I'm sure you were cracked up when she broke up with you on the phone like that. But the way you describe that as that day when you got off, you're broken up about it, mm -hmm. but you were able to get through it, let's say quicker over the next yeah. weeks and, and short months than most people would because you had the the presence of mind to be able to say, even if I saw it a different way, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't, she didn't see it this way. Therefore, this was not going to go where to the promised land that everyone dreams of. Mm -hmm. And therefore, instead of letting it linger because you fear what's on the other side, you fear having to go into a bar and meeting somebody, you fear having to fucking go to the gym to look a little better so someone wants to fuck you. You fear all these things that you say, well, you know what? No, that's good enough. I won't have that picture on Instagram with that person anymore. I'm afraid of what everyone's going to think of that. You know what? They're good looking enough. I'll, I'll stand it. We'll learn to love each other. Like that that's that's when it all goes wrong and so you look at that and go well she decided that's that's not what we're gonna do and therefore great job and now even whatever it is years later 
like, I don't know how she feels, but like at the very least on your end, you're fulfilled because you have an unbelievable level of respect and to use your words some love mm-hmm. for that person for what they did. Yeah. And that, that's a beautiful thing. I appreciate you saying that. Imagine, imagine if marriage was like, instead of a means to an end, seen as a, yo, statistically, this isn't going to work out. This is kind of crazy that you're actually doing this and tying your financial future to this other person. Are you sure you want to do this? Oh, it's going to be challenging. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Imagine if people saw it like that. How many more successful marriages? Because it's complex and difficult and it's never always even 90% good. It's sometimes 25% good, but you have to dig through that. And if people just realize that marriage and relationships and being tied to another person is challenging, yeah, I think more relationships would, would succeed because you don't wake up every day completely head over heels in love. You got to, and sometimes you might wake up and just hate, well, maybe not hate, but like, I don't know, just like strongly dislike, (laughs) strongly dislike the situation you're in. And you're like, something needs to change. And only out of love and commitment, can you grow the balls to, to say that to your partner and be like, Hey, we need to work on something. Something's not right. Let's identify the problem, address it. And if we need help, let's fix it. If it's money, if it's whatever, let's figure this out. Health. Um, yeah, imagine if just people went into relationships like that, just open-minded, realizing it's kind of crazy to do. I'll throw another curveball. All out right, here. let's do it. You're, you're speaking some truth right now. It's, oh, no. you're, you're I don't want to be that guy. No, nah, you're, you're, you're on a roll. You're okay. on, you're on a serious right. roll. And like, I keep on. I'm sitting over here, okay. and I, I try not to do this over and over. But I'm like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But I've said this before, and the longer I go doing this, the more I believe in it. I truly believe that we would put divorce lawyers in this country mostly out of business mm-hmm. if you forced couples, inc- and I'm including within this bridge, couples who aren't going to reconcile, who are not for each other, who need to separate. If you force, if you lock them in a room with no one else like this with headphones in their ears across from each other, the windows darkened out, no clocks around, and made them listen to each other and talk back and forth like this, and they wow. couldn't fucking leave yeah. for 12 hours, no divorce lawyers would exist. Because there's something about, and it is it is a luxury of doing this, and I have, I've had an intense appreciation of this since the beginning of doing it, and I'm grateful that I've always recognized that. The luxury of doing this is I get to talk to people for a living. I get to talk to all different people. I get to hear about Every single thing that's going – not every single thing, but all kinds of things that are going on in their life or have been going on and then therefore also what their perspectives are on the world. And my job is to process all this, including people who come from opposite ends of even the political spectrum and make sense of why it all somehow makes sense and why we're not all these crazy fucking people yelling at each other in, in, in tweets online. And I'm like, god damn, I, I still have yet to have a bad guest in here. Like I walk away and there's something that fulfills me, at least one thing from every single – and it's more than one thing – from every single person that's been in here. And I'm like, imagine someone that you were like fucking for – even if it was like for five years and then you didn't fuck for another five because like you were miserable. Like you have a history, right? Like there's a thing going on there. Like you – this is somebody who was a part of your life. You met them. Something happened. There were some sparks. You banged it out on a first date. I don't know. The third date, something. You, you ended up dating. You, you, you had mutual friends. You, maybe you got married in this case. Like you had kids. Like you have all these things. And I'm like, I never understand how it gets, how you let it get to a point. And I, I recognize that there are unique situations and I also can't understand all these things. But like 
you get to a point where you literally are disgusted by the sight of the other person. If there were humanity in it where you didn't have to fucking go behind a lawyer on stuff like we have to do because that's what society says and you actually had to say, you know what, forget all the money, forget all the bullshit. And that's hard to do. But like legitimately, just like fucking forget about it. Go in there, talk this out. I really think more there would be a lot healthier relationships in this country. There'd be fewer divorces and most divorces would be very – I don't even want to use the word amicable. But there'd be a mutual level of respect there. Wow. Dude, I agree. That's so fascinating. Yeah, lock him in a room for 12 hours. Because you know what the issue... And you know what that solves. That solves the communication issue. Yes. That's it. Like, you just got to learn how to communicate. If you can learn how to communicate better, problems get solved. And 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 yeah, dude, it's it's really profound. When you can just listen to hear someone and make them feel heard problems get solved like all this aggression that comes in the world from any little bickering to full-scale argument to breakups it comes from lack of communication be, you know being on the same page um and generalizations but like yeah it's a communication issue and and if everyone could hear their side and and learn how to not just do the listening but also how to articulate what their emotions are telling them and i think that's what therapy is really good for and sometimes i behave as an unlicensed therapist for people but no you do no i i mean that in a good way like Mm -hmm. you really i was gonna say that at some point earlier but it was in the middle of of you going off on a point and so i was like no don't let's let them keep going here but yes that is exact you are and there's a lot of professions like this where people who are good at it i can say this about yeah you are an unlicensed therapist like especially it, I was comfortable enough after talking with you for a long enough time that like when I was at my low moment, bro, I didn't to reach call, out, bro. Yeah. I like, I didn't really call I didn't anyone. Ex- I, didn't I texted that. a couple of my best friends just to like vent and they laugh and get a kick out of it. Right. But like, yeah, like I was on the phone with you for two hours talking about some shit, like just numbers. And and do you remember bullshit. how long it took me to answer? Because I called you, but do you remember how long the duration was? Or I don't know if you like. I don't know. I was seeing red. I wanted to just kill someone in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you texted me. You probably, I mean, you texted me when I was asleep, so it was late at night. But I didn't answer for that entire day. I don't think I even answered that night. But I think the following day I called you because I didn't like. I wasn't at when when you texted me. All you know what was going on with TikTok and all that stuff. I was like, all right. I'm not equipped right now to handle this. I'm going to let this ferment, figure out how I can, who I can be to be the best person for Julian that I can be. And then I'll reach back out. And I didn't even text back. I just called you. And I called you actually in a Chick-fil-A parking lot. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I lightened the mood by saying that, yeah, there's 40 cars in line and nobody inside. So I just walked in. <laughs> I was like, anyway, how's your day, Julian? <laughs> That's what I did. And, you know, so, like, you got to do stuff like that, right? So, like, if I had answered right away, I'd be like, oh, Joy, what, 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 calm down, calm down, come on. You know, I could, like, a, a, any traditional movie scene, it just wouldn't have the impact. And I wouldn't know what to say in that situation. And I, I, with time, I was able to figure out how to articulate or myself to you. I don't know. No, you, dude, you got to give for it 100%. And, like, in what you do, we didn't even get to talk about like the shit with John. Like Isn't it's come beautiful? up a few times today, and we're like we're three yeah. hours in. That time flies, but like obviously our mutual friend John Rondi is murdering it. 
you started working with him. You insinuated this, but he was doing very well on TikTok. He and his dad, they have an amazing channel there. Continue to. It's at Johnny Drinks. You can type in John Rondi as well, R-O-N-D-I. I'm a great, great ad guy for him. But anyway, like he was doing great over there, and it was like, oh, how, how do we build out the YouTube? And then you came, you came in at a perfect time and have really – I mean, what are they at? Like 900000 Yeah, we're going to hit like a million um, within the next 30 days, I And think. you guys yeah. were at 1,000 on like July 1st. Yeah, my personal YouTube channel had more subscribers than they did. Yeah. So – and this is – when I talk with when I talk with John about you and what you were helping him with, the conversation did not at all at the beginning go towards the content and the strategy – which then it eventually got to and all the things you were talking about because you had told me about some of it too. And it's obviously all great. But he was like, he just understands. Like he just gets it. Like he he sits there and he's creative. He's thinking. He's asking questions about what we want to do, how we see ourselves, and then tries to solve the problems, help us figure out how to solve the problems moving wow. forward from there based on what it is we want. So it's like you, you're not coming in there with like – a cookie cutter that, Hey, these are the things that work. So here's what we're going to try to do. Let's try to fit your content into these boxes. Instead, you're like, all right, well, how do you envision this a year from now, three years from now, five yeah. years from now? What do you want, Mr. Rondi? What do you want, John? Okay. Well, do you, is it all together? Yeah. Is some of it just you? Is it some of it just you? And then like, there's an understanding. And then eventually like pretty quickly, and I'll speak for him because he said this, like, you become the guy that it's like, oh, all the ideas are going off him because mm -hmm. he'll lead us. He, what, what's the phrase? You can lead the horse to the well, but you can't make him drink it. Yes. He'll help lead us to the well. And yeah. we'll feel like we walk there alone. You yeah. That's, wow. a, that's, a, that's a great thing, man. That means a lot. I mean, dude, I just, all I, I love hearing people say nice things about me behind my back. It just, it means so much to me. Um, so yeah, no, th thanks, John. Thank you, Julian. Um, no, that that truly means a lot. Um, yeah, just getting it—that's important. Well, listen, dude. It, I I think we could cut it there just because we probably go for a, a long time more. But yeah, episode two someday. I yeah, hundred percent. I first of all, I really appreciate all the help you've given me. Which, by the way, for zero, I paid this guy zero dollars. I'm a charity case, so I very much appreciate that. And that'll, as I told you, that'll pay itself forward trust me i know how to people. take care no, of my I, own but i listen see, i really really appreciate that and i appreciate the way the way you think and you, talking with you on this i already knew this based on our phone calls but i think people will hear this now you are a very you have a very complex constantly moving mind and it even moves through five different sentences at once and i like that because in my seat i really got to be paying attention in these conversations <laughs> to see where you're going and I, I appreciate that very much wow man i yeah thanks so much for having me here i hope this was an engaging conversation i don't know how it you know hopefully people resonate with it that's all i care about if they could take one nugget away that's dude that's hey change the world in one way for one person that's freaking that's awesome that's it that's how it began that's how it'll end chris thank you brother thank you appreciate you all right everybody else you know what it is give it a thought get back to me <laughs>